now what if I choose the wrong thing to do? I feel so lost because I don't know what to do. So I need to talk to you and ask you for your guidance. Especially, Especially one today. octave down, babe. Oh, down. No, one octave down. Especially today when my life is so cloudy, Lord. Me until I'm sure I open up my heart. Oh, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. So the only fuck I got to give is for some copulation I figure that's the best place to head in this combination It's probably the bed, I'm too tired to be woke But that's where they kill Fred, I don't want to rest no more <laughs> uh, Hi everybody, um, what's up, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Hood Rat to Head Rat trying to get into my singing career that baby can actually sing no good. yes you can don't do that hey you can alone, sing babe. very well erica love, and you know erica does interpretive modern dance too my <laughs> baby can do that and she does theater too she be doing, this is a lover she has a lot of talents that other people don't know well people do know about them because she's very you know outgoing she's a sagittarius she's been at the apollo she didn't get booed I almost got booed, but you did <laughs> almost, but no cigars. You know what I mean. So, welcome to another episode of Hood Right to Head Right. We're start crazy because we've been going back to back. We've been doing a lot today. Yes, um, we just you know out here. I'm attempting to try my hat at the internet more. Um, y'all know how I feel about that. I we got some it. things coming up, so we'll we see got how some he feels about it. Coming up for y'all, you know what I mean. But for those who have been present for the things that have already materialized, I appreciate you. We thank you so much for all of your support thus far. If you would like to continue to support this podcast, which is a completely independent, people sponsored, people powered podcast, um, you may do so at uh, PayPal or Venmo. Venmo is Erica Dash Hart. And then the PayPal is, the email is Erica, E-R-I-C-K-A, at I-H-A-R-T-E-R-I-C-K-A dot com. That's Erica at Erica dot com. Y'all know how to give. Y'all figure out how to give. If you want to give, do so. Um, also, your non-monetary support is just as valuable to us as well. So, we really appreciate it, and we thank you. Who are you? Oh, my name is Ebony Donnelly. You know, just, you know, uh, uh, just another girl on the IRT. <laughs> That's just who I am. Who are you? 
I'm Erica Hart. She, they pronouns. Oh, he yeah, and pronoun. I'm just another girl on the IRT. How are you also that? <laughs> How are you going to steal what my um, intro is? <laughs> I love it. I'm from East Oakland, and if you know, you can't Let's know. do each other. <laughs> Hi, my name is Erica Hart. I'm from Severn, Maryland. It's uh, in Arundel County, <laughs> outside of Baltimore. <laughs> Yeah, how you doing? What's good? Yeah, you feel me? You feel me? You feel me? Yeah, this is Ebony. You feel me? What you mean? It's Ebony. He, him pronouns from East Oakland. You already know, but if you don't know, you can't go, but you're going to go anyway because gentrification. And and I want my what with my what? And I want my chips with dip. With dip. Okay. (laughs) Unreal. All right. So y'all know how by now how we start this thing off with our lyrics activity i hope y'all participate as well i hope you try to figure it out if y'all not participating then i'm not doing it so if y'all come back and be like no it can be fun for us i think that's important to have in a podcast things that are fun for us to do that's all people on podcasts do is kiki and he he though they don't need to be talking about they need to be kiki and all the whole time which is cool if that's what you want but i don't be wanting to hear all this shit i want to hear and welcome to the next installment and you know the forensic evidence and the DNA was found on the you know how to yeah that's how they be like the the different yes. mystery and crime podcasts and we need to start listening to some of those no I don't I said my life is uh, too much crime going on already you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's good. so funny because it's so true <laughs> can we tell people about our experience going to court but not what it's for child yes we have to talk about that so we. We went to court for something we won't share. No, with. I'll share why, but I, I won't I know, share who. I don't want you to share why. I just want to keep it here because people are so nosy. No. Okay, no, no. let's not talk about it at all. Why? Oh, let's just talk. Okay, you're not talking about it. But we friend. did go to court and the, the judge was a black feminist. She did have on sunglasses. And a fur. The entire and fur and underneath her robe. And it was not that cold that day. And, <laughs> and a hat. And a hat. And she pulled them down, the glasses, just to address us. Yes. Just down to her nose. in her coat. <laughs> like she was cold. <laughs> it was the best experience court and the worst. Sucks. And you know the first thing you notice about court is that it's so you sometimes you think it's like on TV and shit, but um, this is like my second time going to court. The first time was eviction court with my mom and like housing and authority court in Oakland. And I'm thinking it's going to be like one room and just you and some benches and a, the, the, the lawyer, the plaintiff or whatever. Mm-hmm. In this case, the housing authority, most of the time are the plaintiffs, quote unquote, in these cases. But actually, a lot of civil claims court is multiple people in a big ass room with everybody waiting for their number to get called. You can't necessarily hear people's cases, Mm. um, but it's just hell intimidating. Nine out of 10 times, all the lawyers, all the mediators are white. Yeah. Like maybe we saw one black lawyer, if that. Uh, Yeah. If that, Most and of them were white. a lot of these are huge companies like Citibank and TD Bank literally taking people to court yep like huge corporations taking individuals to court yep um, showing up showing they're up banking everything on, because people are bank, banking on lawyers not showing up because then they just get their summons but mm-mm. yep no they're showing up with multiple lawyers not at their that. summons but the result of yeah it. no the verdict yeah they they showing up with multiple motherfucking people so if we we talk a lot about um systems of oppression in an abstract the more you talk about it 
um, it becomes abstract in a way. Yes. It becomes not real. Yes. But when you go to court, you'll understand. <laughs> yeah. Or if you have anybody out there who has been to court, who has been to jail, um, it is the, the disparities is glaring as far as is is oppression goes yeah um the whole entire system is built on that premise yeah it gets very intellectual yes when you're just talking about it all the but time rather than the real people, right but mm-hmm. you see them in action at the yep. courthouse yep with draw dressed up and shit and having all the authority in the world and virtually like telling lies most of the time yep. on the defendants who are mostly black and brown yep hmm strange strange um, but we're going to get into our lyrics challenge. We took a little bit of a detour. Yes. Sometimes I just be wanting, you know, talk to Erica, but then I forget other people be listening. It's <laughs> 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 like, hey, let's talk about when we hit the court. Um, lyrics. Lyrics. You go first. All right. Got to guess an artist, and you have to guess the name of the song. All right. When the winter came, you went further south. Stevie Wonder. Fuck. That's not a good idea. <laughs> so I should not easy. have done that. Can I get a do all You'll get this one too very fast. Shoot. When I mean, the winter came, you were not around. Now the summer's gone and no, you cannot. It is my turn. You'll probably get this very fast as well. Last winter. Can't be no songs from white people, Erica, because I don't know those. Ooh, like that. ooh, 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 ooh. Mm-hmm. Could be any genre. Let's go. I don't want to see not another day without your love. I don't want to see no another day. It's a real sad thing, but I, oh, I don't want to see another day without your love. I don't want to see no another day. It's going to hurt me, but I don't want to see not another day. Don't that's Jesse Sal. What's the name? The Enchantment. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's Gloria. actually. Uh, Gloria is, is actually the enchantment, a group enchantment song. You yes. Gotta, um, cover My Gloria. Gloria. Things ain't been the same since you went away. Yeah. I love Gloria, that song. Hey. Gloria. My Gloria. Okay, we can't sing Remember the, the um, podcast. CD players that you could put in the shower? It was like in a glass, Never. like a plastic case. Well, in high school, I had one, and I would listen to the Jesse Powell record, that song, on repeat in, in the, the shower. shower. And my With nanny, wa- and my nanny not like nanny, like we had wealth and they were taking care of us, but they were, I think it was Baby more so like a suicide watch, because I was old enough to stay home by myself. Yeah. But my dad wanted somebody to come and watch us, because yeah. I was like 15. But I haven't stayed home by myself since I was 10, but I was depressed because my mom passed. Anyway, that person, her name was Gloria, so she always thought I was singing to her. What would she say? <laughs> she was like, you're singing my song. <laughs> I love Gloria. What? Rest in peace, Miss Gloria. You don't know Miss Gloria passed. Miss Gloria has probably passed. She's the first person that taught me how to eat canepas. Canepas, and she walked us. If you know anything about Puerto Rico, she walked us from or Ponce. She walked us from Ponce, like um, uh, downtown, like Plaza, all the way to the mall. That is literally like a solid forty-five to an hour walk in a space that has no sidewalks. So we're literally walking street. on the side of the road <laughs> for that was an hour. Activity. Me, Miss Gloria, and Austin, my little brother. And she is picking fruits off of people's trees. Like, here, try this. I love Miss <laughs> Miss Gloria. Gloria was amazing. Rest in peace. She has such a crush on my are. dad. Lord. Everybody got a crush on you. Yeah, it's gross. Erica's dad looks like, how can I describe him? Like an enchantment medley. 
<laughs> she just don't want me to say hi right now. Left. <laughs> um, all right. So y'all been asking for this review. Uh. <laughs> y'all been asking for this review. And to be honest, we're just going to get right into it. We've seen a lot of fanfare around the movie. And then we, we've also seen some mixed responses about the film. And I'll just say that Queen and Slim has all of the bells and whistles um, that the movie going public would like. It is mesmerizing visually. And, you know, it, it has all the elements, the filmic elements that would make somebody at first glance very excited. What are those things? Um, the, the cinematography, which, what? Yes, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, the cinematography. Um. What do the actors look like? They they black. Are they disabled? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Say those things, babe. Don't be pointing them out. Say them. I was going by what you were saying. Yeah, so, yeah, the, so pretty privileged people, so very thin Mm -hmm. or, like, fit in shape. Um, tall, mm-hmm. you know, able body, uh, able-bodied, cisgender, cisgender, in a heterosexual relationship. We actually don't know um, what. Um, in movies, is weird because queer people are so not thought of in the mainstream that the assumption is always that pe- these movies that people are going to see are for heterosexual people. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of popular romance movies and are heterosexual people. Yes. Um, so I was going to say, well, we don't really know if they heterosexual or not, but the plot is not so developed that you know much about them anyway. They're and heteros. Look, they're straight. They straight. Yeah. <laughs> Probably in real life. You're giving a lot of deference. Yeah. The, the, what's her name? Jody mm, Smith Turner. Jody Smith Turner is in a, a heterosexual interracial relationship. See how perfect this is for the episode. <laughs> See how I just fit right in? Okay. And I don't know, Daniel Kalua, is he single or what's the deal? What's up? I don't know. Send he's... sperm. Send nah, sperm. Nah, he be saying some questionable That's shit. That's true. Send your sperm without the anti-blackness. He can't can extract it <laughs> take from it the out. sperm. If we <laughs> could track, take it maybe out. that's the new gene. <laughs> that's the new. Where you just have this a gene for anti black. Any scientist listening, this is what you need to yeah, be so doing. Let's eliminate that gene. Let's isolate that gene and begin to eliminate that. <laughs> Uh, is that future. eugenics opposite <laughs> it's the opposite it'll eugenics. stop eugenics it's still going on you know? alright um, so it has all the bells and whistles has yes, I like where you're going shit. with this it has it, filmically mm-hmm. it is beautiful captures it you mesmerizes it is what a film is uh, uh, should be made of all of the violence mm-hmm. that one needs um, it takes you on a ride it takes you um, it makes you feel like you are, it, it has mystery it. Mm-hmm. and suspense. It makes you feel like you're in it, uh, despite some of the more predictable parts, which that it quickly becomes predictable. Yeah. Where you quickly begin, maybe mid-movie, you begin to figure out where it's going. Now, I'm trying to yes. debate on um, if we spoil in this Oh, for this people. is all spoils. People have seen it. You have oh, to you have to have seen it in order to get this review. I well, mean, let me start off without. I don't the know spoilers. how you do a review without spoilers. I can, you can. Let me start off without the spoilers because we can start, Erica. 
One thing that people need to do, you have to view Queen and Slim in the context of the statements that the filmmakers themselves have made. Oh, okay, this is good. You have to But those go, are spoilers. Oh, no, 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 they don't spoil that movie because they want you to go see it. Oh, that's true. You have to look at the interviews that Lena Waithe and Melina Masukas have given um, and really consider what was the movie that we created in our minds and what was actually on screen. Yes. What did we, how did this become um, some homage to Asada, which a lot of people have said, um... A lot of people have said that. I'm so confused by that. Um, Because Asada (laughs) Shakur, of course, fled to Cuba um, when she was falsely accused, I believe she was falsely accused, of murdering a police officer. So, and she successfully made it to Cuba, but I won't go to the spoilers just yet. But people is hella smart, and we want to see black people represented in film so So much in a nuanced way, in a complex way in a way that is is truly consistent with who we are, so much so that we tease out those narratives in our analysis. Those narratives don't even exist, nor were they a forethought for the people making the film. Ooh. So this film is posited as a, no matter what go on, black, revol- black love, two cishet black people's love is revolutionary. And that the premise being, or the rhetoric being, that love is all black, not necessarily all black people need, but no matter all the oppression systemically that we go through, love is what's going to ultimately save the day, and that's all we have, and it, it's necessary for our survival. And I believe Lena Waithe or Malika, Melina Matsukas said that kind of verbatim. And also, love is happening simultaneously with violence. Yeah, so the love is what's going to help you survive the violence. That is the thought. I haven't read that. I, I thought did. the thought was that it's always happening at the same time. Yes. And yes. Uh-huh. you're going to survive through it happening. Okay, got you. If you love. got a relationship. Yes. <laughs> or if you see another black person and you give them that or something like that. <laughs> um, or a head nod. <laughs> or um, you hang out in the hood. Or right, sometimes, <laughs> occasionally. You don't just live in a hood. You hang. You you come visit. Jesus, that is that. Thank you for making that distinction. It's like we people. Just as a side, just quick side. People really treat the hood like it's a cool place to hang out, but you then mm. leave. Yes, for greener pastures. For yes, the, the, but it's like this is cool. For the Gucci just for, runway show. Correct. This mm-hmm. is cool just for 10 p.m. and mm-hmm. then at 8 a.m. I'm gonna be back in Wall Street. Yes. And that's better, right? Mm-hmm. It's, but it was cool that you were mm-hmm. there, but you got to leave. Now, what yeah. I want y'all to know, I mean, Eric, I wasn't listening. I wasn't, after we saw the movie. We saw a, a, a sc- private screening. screening. Advanced screening, yes. And I wasn't tripping off of no reviews because after I saw the movie, I, you know, as somebody who enjoys films, I had one, one, I'm, I'm clear that people is just going to hate on the movie and not like the movie because it deals in black themes. Mm-hmm. Like despite that thought, it actually did pretty well in the box office on its opening weekend. Mm. I think it netted about $16 million. Wow. Um, not only that, according to Lena Waithe, the movie was really, um, 
picked up and and bid it for heavily by production companies mm-hmm. um and that they were at knocking at their door the oh. filmmakers door rather than them having to shop it around hella much so these mostly white owned prim, prim, primarily white owned production houses and production companies were really excited about having this film and was throwing money at it yeah. they was rushing to finance it you also have to consider that as you're watching it Mm, yes now because afterwards i was like you know the movie is good and i don't want to hate on it because people is just gonna hate on it are we spoiling now i can't talk about this movie without spoiling i'm not doing that well let me i'll give y'all some background okay i'm just giving people the background (laughs) when you go to the movies when you get to me i'm gonna spoil so you can go slow with your lubing up of the foreplay and talking about this I'm going to spoil. So just heads up when I start speaking. I'm not just talking about Queen and Slim, but I am. I'm using Queen and Slim as an example of a, of a, of what Erica talked about in the toxic masculinity episode with this neoliberal, um, desire to consume the thing that people hate, Mm. which is black people in this case. Film is no different. Mm -hmm. We'll have Wakanda, option in mm. um wakanda what the hell that movie black, called black, black panther, panther. Yeah. we'll have that produced by disney yeah the largest most this a conglomerate the biggest probably production company in the world of, mm-hmm. of sorts then you have queen and slim produced by make ready which is a white cis man owned mm-hmm. when you look at the producers for queen and slim you'll find that there's 12 producers about three or four executive producers um, how many out of those 12 do y'all think are black? Say the number out loud to yourself. Just say the number out loud. It's 12 producers. How many in a, how many in a film where Lena Waithe has said no white eyes necessarily got to touch the script or no white eyes had any jurisdiction or authority over the final script? Three people was black, including Melina Masukis <laughs> and Lena Waithe. And then this one other black person who's also a producer. The rest are white people. And a, a large number of which are white cis men. That may confuse you because you're like, damn, Roxanne Gay said this was the blackest movie she had ever seen. Mind you, this might be the blackest thing Roxanne Gay has ever seen. <laughs> you know, I'm be honest with you. Like, Roxanne Gay, you, a lot of white people follow you. That's like your white cis women or white queer women like that is a large um population of her readership so mm-hmm. like erica said like why is this and i want you to say that mm-hmm. why is this the blackest movie you ever seen but not a bet movie right and i think th- i think it come it goes along with what we were talking about earlier in this conversation Mm -hmm. is it has all the bells and whistles that Mm -hmm. would separate it from BET. And I think that their black people have to interrogate their anti-blackness and how it shows up multi-layered, multifaceted. Oftentimes it looks like an anti-poor rhetoric. Yeah. So there are two people. We don't know their backgrounds. We know they're working. They have a working background. One of them has a car. One of them just came from a job interview when they're on their first date. Mm -hmm. So they're sitting at a restaurant so they can afford to go on a, you know, Mm -hmm. to eat. So we know that they have that background and they're traveling through different places in the States Mm -hmm. where people have a poorer, Mm -hmm. um, 
a social economic status, if you will, poorer mm-hmm. class, right? Mm-hmm. And I find in the music that they're using in the soundtrack, the soundtrack is lit. I'm not gonna deny that the soundtrack. I'm is, gonna. T- I want to talk about the soundtrack. Can I interject? You just finish your thought. Yes. Go ahead and finish your thought. Okay. So the <laughs> soundtrack is that. very good. Music is very good, which is another aspect of this film that yeah, that makes that it, makes it in, in, that makes it interesting or enticing. Enticing. Yes. So I think you have to. But it's also where certain songs are placed. What I, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought a little bit. Um, I feel like it is. It's like hood light. Mm-hmm. It's like Solange. Solange and Beyonce come from wealth. Mm-hmm. They both have immense class privilege. But when you look at something like, um, what the hell is the, the music video that Melina produced? Uh, Formation. Formation. It's like there's um, Beyonce with uh, box braids, Beyonce with cornrows, Beyonce hanging out the side of like some old of car, vintage car, Beyonce standing on top of a cop car in the middle of water, mm-hmm. like a sinking New Orleans, mm-hmm. an experience that Beyonce has never ever had. But it's beautiful. <laughs> it's, but we're supposed to look at it like well it's done. beautiful, right? Yes, but yes. never contest with that this is a fucking problem, actually. And you're kind of glorifying that this is a problem, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a problem that hurricane katrina happened and people's fucking houses were destroyed right but now and it was a completely government sanctioned was the yes there's no coincidence that most of the people in in new orleans are black and yes completely killed and homes destroyed right yes. no coincidence mm-hmm. and now we are kind of glorifying it with a sepia right yeah, wow <laughs> So I think that Queen and Slim does that in similar ways Mm. where we glorify that there is a man in this movie, a black cis man with four or five femmes in their house, one of which is India Moore. And it is a situation like sex workers. Now they didn't confirm that it was sex workers, but you can infer that that's what they're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, you have, you're using a trans person and you have a trans person in your film, a known out trans, trans non-binary person, person a light skin person. Right, a light-skinned trans mm-hmm. actress, right? You have her in the film, but you have her playing a sex worker, mm-hmm. which is always how trans people are cast. Mm-hmm. And but we're not, but it's super pretty. India Moore is pulling um Jody, what's her Jody Smith? What I call her the queen? Act, shit, call, her name is Queen. Taking Queen's hair out, yeah. the braids, sitting down, pulling her hair out, pulling her hair out. It's beautiful, but no, we're not. It's almost like we're supposed to suspend that. Hey, are these sex workers safe? Are they taken care of? But she, Are they fed? There's violence happening in the house. Literally, there is mm-hmm. literal violence where that actor who is playing, I guess... Bucking Woodbine. A pimp, if you will. Yeah, he's playing that role. Yeah. He hits one of them. Yeah. But we're not supposed to care about that. We're supposed to care about Queen of Slim and them getting free and this, like, not think about, are these people protected? Because... Because of sepia. Because of Sepia, but what? But because people are like, well, what if you don't include a trans actress? Then people will talk about that. But the thing is, is you have to get interested. There's somebody who wrote an article. I think it was in um, Bitch Magazine, or I can't remember. I'll we'll, we'll get it and link to it. Yeah. Who did a Bechdel test? test? That's what they're called for movies for yeah. trans actors. 
Oh, what is it? Rockdale test is like you. So you have a black person in a movie. Are they playing a slave? Are they dying? Are they? It's like you look at it as a person producing a movie mm-hmm. and consider what is the role you have this black person playing, mm-hmm. and consider maybe not doing that. Right? Yeah. It's like we're always portrayed that. in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way to consider what is the representation out there. Mm-hmm. So this person created it for trans actors. Mm-hmm. Is this person actually trans? Mm-hmm. Are they playing a sex worker? So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So we have to get beyond. <laughs> it's just like, here's a trans person. Like, no. Why couldn't a trans person play queen? And that's beso- that's not right. even getting to the point of you know what we're going to talk about more. Yes. But what I think, too, is that if we're going to suspend our imagination about systems of oppression in a movie, I want to do it wholly. <laughs> I don't want to do it and just focus on them getting free from the police. I want to talk about why, if this situation around sex work is actually um, a, a, a supportive environment. That's super important that you say that because the drive is to have you suspend only to focus on one issue Correct. at a time. Correct. The drive Correct. is to be like, this is a movie about police brutality yes. and how it affects black yes. people. And that's it. And that is it. And yes. that is the the um, the radical art. That yes. is the revolutionary aspect of yes. it. Anything else yes. you need to yes. not think about because yes. then you're going to spoil the entertainment value. Queen and Slim, India Moore being in the movie is a great thing and that is important for black people, yes. but it's not important in any other way. Yes. That that she is supposedly playing a cisgender actress, that's up to her. It's and, all in the air. And said it's, two lines. Yes. And she said, said all lines. of five lines. I don't know how many it was. It wasn't as many as the asshole uncle. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was a main character. So, yeah. uh, cis heteronormativity is upheld, but we should be happy Yes. Upheld through all out the movie. Yes. But we should be happy that India Moore is in it. Yes. We should be happy that the lead is a black film, just not a black, a dark skinned black film at that, but not a dark skinned um, trans film. We, yes. And if y'all niggas keep complaining about this, then you didn't get the movie and you don't care about the movie or anything like that. What do you mean? That's going to be the crit. That's the criticism that people get. Oh, that's yes. the whole thing of like, can't we just, I forgot who said this us this weekend. Like sometimes you just want to watch a movie. Yes. Sometimes you just want to be entertained. Yes. Um, and I agree. I was very, I mean, I was, uh, but you started this off. I feel like later in the review in mm, my brain mm. that I would have started it, but I wanted to start off by saying, I like the movie. I thought the movie was pretty, but I thought the movie was pretty for all the reasons that Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to like it. Mm -hmm. I like cinematography. I love photography. Mm -hmm. I love weird ass shit, skinny people Mm -hmm. sitting in corners, sad about Mm -hmm. whatever emo shit. I like that. And this kind of gave that hanging out of windows and it's pretty and you're riding down the street. Don't I always want to do that? Yes, you do. So I'm like, it, it's, it spoke to the artist in me. Like I get, like I can see that, but I'm just wondering you know, I don't know. I'm wondering the create how we are thinking about black films and how we are perpetuating this. Oh, this is black liberation. Oh, this is a example of Asada Shakur without even have fucking Asada Shakur weigh in. Asada Shakur is not dead. No, she not. So like, <laughs> why can't we call Asada Shakur? And I don't get know in if contact? you call her. You can't you... fly to Cuba. They don't have a budget to go to Cuba they and do some fucking research, right? So absolutely. If this is budget. supposed to be some homage to the leaders of the movement, at least have them weigh in on their thoughts. 
And can you... <laughs> so this is... The problem with Queen of Slim is that it is a good movie, but it is not a movie for black people. It's just not. I did ask at the end of it, who is this for? It, I asked that. Who it, is this for? The thing is, the movie is for Roxanne Gay. It's not just for okay. white people, but the movie is for Roxanne Gay. Roxanne Gay, Roxanne Gay is black, babe. So now you're taking back what you said? <laughs> You get what I'm saying? No, I don't. It, yes, I'm going to tell you what I'm saying. Okay. This movie is like you said before. Let's just even go back to, so I can do this quickly, Lena Waite's comments and statements about, can you paraphrase for me the quote about um, Spike, about her influences, the films that she... Yes. Yes. I don't need to paraphrase. I'm just going to read it. Just read it. So Lena Waithe um, said in an interview, and I'm just going to read off the quote. Mm. I don't think I could be the director that Melina is, Melina Masukas. Mm. She is a combination of so many things, even racially. The fact that she's black, she's Greek, she's Cuban. All of those things make her such a specific storyteller. What else I love about Melina is that she could be at the hood party and vibe, but she can also be in the front row at Gucci and Milan and know more about the designs and influences that are coming down the runway than half of the people in the front row. I don't have that gift. Although I'm gifted in my own way, I've seen All About Eve more times than anyone can imagine and also can obsess over my best friend's wedding and Love Jones and then watch Just Another Girl on the IRT all in the same day and get the same joy and fulfillment from those works. I think that's the reason why my voice is so weird and confuses people sometimes because I study Sorkin, Spike Lee, Spike Jonesy, and that makes Jones, oh, Spike (laughs) Jones, and that makes me a little different than a person who only has black influences. So y'all can run that back on the tippy towel if you need to, but just that's telling you that this is a who. That's telling you what the movie is, who the movie is for. Mm-hmm. That's about all you need to see. I mean, even how is this the blackest movie you ever seen with two black British leads? Mm-hmm. Not only you mentioned the score of the film, the score is by Blood Orange. Mm-hmm. The score is a huge part of the film. It is one of the most entertaining aspects, like you mentioned. Also, a black British person. Three key roles in production all black not production in in the film all black british people yeah cinematography the sepia that's a white person who did that tat radcliffe the cinematographer what? i thought yes. melina did that no she's a director oh but i thought she still does it she does a lot of everything oh. but the cinematography what you see the oh, lushness Jesus. and the ambers and all of Are those you different talk things about this quote I'm ge- I am talking about the oh, quote. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I am talking about the quote. Okay. All of that, that people cast black British people in films a lot of the times. Casting directors have it. Even Spike Lee has said that they go to better acting schools than black American actors. Mm-hmm. And that they study Shakespeare and they have all this theater and stage experience that somehow black american actors don't mm-hmm. that was said by spike lee you already know he on you know that's spike c spike c lee what oh, is spike c come. lee oh my god you know it y'all know it so this is a a black 
even saying like you talked about it better mm-hmm. about the quote mm-hmm. about how like this is a black movie a black ass movie because it's not a black movie yes. if the influences for this were love jones and set it off yeah and i think even set it off it was written by a white person the script was or something i mean like everybody that. dies for the most part so you know what i mean so <laughs> it's like all of the movies that are loved and adored by black people i don't know no white person who didn't seen love jones nor do they canonize love jones or talk about it did love jones win an oscar not sure that it did nope all of those movies are adored and loved by black people and no, but not white people. Mm-hmm. But how are those the influences for your movie? Right. They're not present, really. Those they, influ- I mean, they are, but they're present to some extent, but nobody dies in Love Jones. There's not one ounce of violence in one Love Jones. So why I asked is who is this movie for at the end of the film was because it's so much violence. Yeah. Like, so i just you know i want after seeing this quote i was like oh that's really interesting that we lena wave in this in this quote is doing what a lot of black people do it's not Mm. new to say stuff like this no black people always um think that whiteness equals culture that's why people go to europe so much they're mm. like, oh, if I go to Europe, that means I'm clo- I'm cultured. Mm. I've, I've traveled. Mm-hmm. Nobody is really trying to go to Ghana until this year and the last year yeah. is what I've been hearing. Yeah. Everybody goes to Paris. Everybody goes to London. Everybody even goes to fucking Amsterdam. They love Berlin that shit. I'm that. going backpacking. They love it. Berlin and <laughs> But nobody is really trying to go to South America. They mm. don't hear people trying to backpack through South America. You don't hear don't. that. Because we are taught that that is the place to go and experience life and experience culture Mm -hmm. so here we have lena waif lauding this light-skinned biracial person Mm -hmm. about how all of these influences come from her racial identity but not actually lifting up that blackness is a is not a monolith there's many aspects of blackness in our culture that can be influenced in this movie and that's sufficient Mm -hmm. it's like oh what's wrong with just black influences what's wrong what's wrong with just black influences Mm -hmm. it's this this quote makes it like there's a problem with that but it's great that there's greek and italian and all that because that's close that is culture that's close to whiteness yes Yes. oh greek influences and sorkin i mean frank ocean also does this as a quick aside frank ocean does this a lot Mm -hmm. um where he talks about he makes references to like stanley kubrick and um apex twin and all these like white artists Mm. um z trip and all of that does that in his music in order to have white people to, to appear like he is different, yeah. but while doing black music, while yes. doing R and B, black people do do that a lot, and rich black people do that a great deal. Yes, uh, where they use these white influences, kind of like a hook, line, and sinker to white people. Yeah, like this is also high art because I can name drop Stanley Kubrick. Yes, I can name drop some obscure white philosopher yeah it's a it's a function of institutionalized racism because mm. you are talking about how gucci is essentially more important and more important than, than a hood party <laughs> right it's like oh because these these art pieces were lauded by the the academy mm. which is an institution mm-hmm. that makes them more important yeah right it's like oh i have to watch all mm. of these movies no you can really just watch black movies mm. and create amazing films you don't need to watch any other movies. But that's the like, part that's confusing to me is, is Lena Waif also being like, this movie is for everybody. 
this is an American yeah. movie. If it's yeah. an American movie, then it is a black movie because black movies, blackness is America. Blackness is the is the foundation. There's no America without black people. Historically I honestly don't and in think, every way. I honestly do not think that you could be black and famous and here for black people. You can be. Who? Name you can one. Be. I'm not saying Lena Waithe is not here for black people. No, no, no. I'm saying solely. Like you have to you have you to don't be here have... for black people and white people. No, you don't. You huh? don't, babe. I don't what agree do you with that. Famous, I said. I don't agree with that. So give me an example of somebody that does it. I'll wait. There are people who I can't think of them off the top of my head. Somebody that's like, I'm here for black people. That's it. This movie is for black people and that's it. And they're wealthy, famous. Tony well Morrison. She okay. Gone. She did. Tony Morrison is one. Tony Morrison lived for a long time though. Tony Morrison's one. Good job. Who else? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We just talking about films, so I can't even films. use Tony Morrison. No, we um, can't. Yeah, there are a lot of black films. Yes, there are. What? Um, low down. Um, the Wayans brothers. The Wayans they brothers. They said that all of their stuff is for they black don't people. They have to that's say another, that's, true, that's true. Uh, like but you, said, you, but you don't see the Wayans brothers making stuff anymore. Because black movies are not seen because of comments like the one Lena Waithe made. Black movies are not seen as complex or worthy of critical acclaim. No. Tyler Perry movies, they get... You should look at the Rotten Tomato score for Tyler Perry films. Oh, that's good And then you put that up against Tyler Perry's popularity in the black community and how stinking rich Tyler Perry is. Yeah. Wasn't really because white people. You said, said too, that Queen and Slim was created for black people to get black money. And black people will support... You, we are we th- we will throw, we'll throw ourselves my, oh, at that's absolutely. why I didn't even want to just throw a black person at something and we will come and it's true I'll come I will support it oh yeah I'll be down. there in a minute but I'll be there but we ha- we that's our buying power and pe- you can't we cannot deny that you go into a board meeting to talk about a black ass film you have to talk about how it's gonna get money. But now, I mean, Lena Waithe did mention like more black elites, more black Hollywood elites need to throw money at black people so that they don't, so that so that they don't have to do black filmmakers don't have to go and ask white Hollywood production companies to finance their films. She did mention that in mm-hmm. the past. Mm-hmm. However, regardless, if your film is financed by white people, but yet your production crew your camera operators your grips all of those people are white on the post-production yeah. and the production in on set and off yeah 90 or the majority of those people are white in those key production roles how many people in new orleans could have done that yeah how much of a gift would that have been there are sound people production sound location recorders mixers of uh, black people in new orleans yeah they are not, we are not hard to find black people who work in film production we are just overlooked yes. and we're never picked because people think we are not smart enough yeah to be director for because we don't have greek and italian influences in our bodies <laughs> in our body it's got to show up in our hair ebony it's got to so show we, up in our skin we are consistently <laughs> consistently overlooked 
And I think that is the biggest issue with Clean and Slim. It's like you're saying too many things about the film that are contradictory and that don't come alive in the film. The score, Blood Orange is great. I actually really like Blood Orange's movie, music, but Blood Orange is coming from a black British perspective on music. You got Tipping on Fofo, um, Slim Thug. You got um, Searching uh, by Roy Ayers. You got all the, like, easy like things that any that my mama could have scored this film yeah and did a much better job that's true and it would have been, had a much more depth to it that's true you have all you got the bluegrass and um like the zydeco kind of um old school blues music you got all it's easy yeah it's easy yeah. so what would a black american composer or music supervisor have lent what level of authenticity would somebody from new orleans yeah. scoring that film have lent to it yeah you can only help but wonder yeah and you can only help but wonder lean away why were you so gung-ho and hell-bent and almost defensive about your casting choices yeah because lena wave said hey people need to just trust me that this is my movie this is the public and if you don't like it make your own films and that's essentially what she said yeah if you don't like that black british people were she she didn't even consider another person except daniel kalua she said that in an interview. I will link to everything that I'm saying. Daniel Kalua was the only person that she considered. And he's another film. one that gets defensive about playing black roles. He's the one who's yeah. he's one of the main people who are saying that black people don't um, own the black the black experience. Black American who, people. Don't. What what do we what do we own if not, not that we don't own <laughs> nothing, Erica? That's even up for grabs, and it was sold, you know, in this movie. Yeah, and it was sold by white people. Oh, white people, but it was made by a black person who I think really meant super well. Yeah, they both meant super well. Um, and even me saying that might be generous. I think they just meant to make a movie from their own political lens, which may not be as radical as that or revolutionary and that's as the, they think. And but that's the thing, though, is that everybody is saying radical and revolutionary, but that with no grounds of what that means, mm-hmm. or saying it as if consistently across the board, everybody agrees with what radical and revolutionary is. Everybody has their own different radical and revolution. They do. And they, and right they lead that. that way. And they perpetuate it. And because they have a huge mm-hmm. microphone to say, you know, this is what it is, people are like, oh, yeah, this is what it is. But people mm-hmm. who are revolutionaries, radical, are not are like, that's not it. <laughs> I saw a movie it. this weekend called Cleopatra Jones. It's a um, it's starring Tamira Dobson. It's an old black exploitation film um, written by black people. And Max Julian, I think, wrote it, um, who plays the Mac. Um and the cool thing about that movie that really shocked me is that the protagonist was a dark-skinned black femme, and she was going around doing karate, kicking people ass, trying to get drugs out the community, and everywhere she went, everybody, especially black cis men, just worship her. They just worship. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, that's a bad mother. Like, oh, my Lord. Like, just talking about her everywhere she went. Yeah. Cleopatra Jones was a movie for black people. Not even a lot of black people know about Cleopatra Jones right. because of the themes that it deals in. Right. Now, older black people do. But it, it's worth taking a look at black movies that are already been made that don't have critical acclaim by white people, menace to society. Name some movies with each other right now as black people that you know white people ain't never seen before a day in their life it's a good question ain't no none of the white people i went to film school with at ucla was talking about baby's kids right never seen it right 
They don't even know that movie exists. Right. I also think to say this movie, why I was like this movie is actually for white people is because this is a spoiler. They, Mm -hmm. they die at the end. Mm -hmm. So how is it that it's also like I had to have my whole heart on like in my hands when the police officer is being racist towards Mm -hmm. them, when the police officer pulls them over. Mm -hmm. But if we, if you really want to get radical, but the thing is, is that's just a movie in real life. Black people get fucking killed Mm -hmm. randomly. Yes. So it's like, why do I need a real, I just, I have seen police brutality online so many times. I have experienced it myself personally. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need to see even a white police officer pulling over a fictional Mm -hmm. couple in a damn movie. Mm -hmm. I don't need to see that. Mm -hmm. And then they're protecting themselves via um, self defense. Mm But then they, I don't know. It's just like. <laughs> you, what you're pointing to is if you really want to enjoy Queen and Slim, which is a movie with high entertainment value, situated inside a fantasy, just like a, a movie about black people killing a whole bunch of police, which has never happened. Yeah, you so what's wrong with that? Exactly. Right. Situated inside of a fantasy, but like you said, without, white people want to see suffering. Yes, and want to see suffering on on behalf of so they can understand, so it can pull at their heartstrings yes. and make them change. Yes, that's if you what talk to is. them at dinner. This is what over some mashed potatoes <laughs> and some raisins. <laughs> then they'll change. If you talk to your white family members over Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner, then they'll change. Or if you tell them like, go see Queen and Slim, then they'll change. Or just going into police stations and burning all their shit in the police that like. I don't know. That's fucking radical. Going to like, Sally Mae and just destroying all the yeah. computers, blowing it all, and things. then running, going on a massive ch- like run. But it can I, the, all of it, and then an orgy scene at the oh end, my and God. a flower bed, poppies. <laughs> and oh my! Yeah. But, so, 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 but if you want, but the enjoy thing is, it. is what I'm present to right now that I have to speak to is that there's a problem with me saying that police, a fantasy or a film, fictional film of police officers getting killed that that's going to be met with distress and oh my god why would you ever but it's totally normal to have black people die in a film a fictional film Mm -hmm. that is just so fucking disheartening Mm -hmm. in fucking mass Mm -hmm. but it's not cool to just imagine some police officers (laughs) how about a movie i mean even that's distressing but not the realities and I think that's what crazy. You what you're talking about is hypothetical, fictional, yes. in the ethers, not real. Yes. But what's not, but the people aren't distressed about what happens to black people on a daily basis. No. There's 64,000 to this day of over 64,000 black films missing in this country. Yes. There are black children who are going missing at, I'll put the link to article, but at rates five times higher than white children. Yeah. Uh, they don't even know the numbers for Latinx children because they lump the, the statistics of Latinx and white mm-hmm. together in mm-hmm. order to make white appear more. Wow. Um, so, and every week you see on Facebook, uh, another child, black child missing. Mm-hmm. This is something that's happening a lot. But that's not distressing, but you saying a hypothetical right. ra- given rationale to right. why you don't see white people dying in movies, really, or right. the deaths are by other white people or right. by or a monster when, or some or shit. Or when Queen and Slim were about to get caught, why not turn around and shoot the cops and get on the plane anyway? Like, it just couldn't be that there was more than one police officer, one more than one white person mm. that died in this film. It had to be three fucking black mm. people who died in this film. 
Yeah. That's, that's the, but that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like there was a scene where they're like having sex and it's interspliced with a teenager being shot by the police and shooting a police officer. Clunky, the, filmically, didn't make sense, didn't need to be there. But in order for us to, that's how we think about blackness. Yes. You know what I mean? We think about even our sexuality yes. and us receiving pleasure has to be in order for it to be consumed or understood by white people, interspliced with something violent. Yes. Because that is the, how they think about us sexually hand-in-hand. Hand. Yes. It is a white way to think about us. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it is, it, violent, inside sexual. Of, inside of, yes. Violent, yes. but that's it. Like, yes. butt cheeks. That, like, that scene was it. jarring for me. That that directorial choice that was ma- And it strange. not only was it jarring, it was jarring because it didn't make sense. It was completely unnecessary. And there was an yes. ulterior motive for it being in there that was never fully explained yeah, wait, throughout the course of the plot. Wait in the exhale. Angela Bassett and fuck it. What's his name? Dark skin brother that you love? Allstate. No, the other one. Dar- Angela Bassett, they sleep Wesley in the... Wesley Snipes. I don't Snipes. love Wesley Snipes. You, say, you always say you think he's attractive. Either way. I don't think so. Wade in the Excel, Angela Bassett, Wesley Snipes, they meet at the bar, they're talking, but if you haven't seen Wade in the Excel, that's another wh- a movie white people never seen. Until but, this year. Until this year, because of me, probably. So Wesley Snipes <laughs> and Angela Bassett are sitting there, they're talking about their woes, they, you know, are clearly sexually attracted to each other, they go up to the hotel room, get a hotel, blah, 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 they're sitting there talking, he's like, I've never done this before. I would never be with anybody else other than my wife. Then they fall asleep on the bed. Don't even take their shoes off. And his wife was white. Why? <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. Why? Why couldn't they just be in the car asleep, holding hands or something? Why did they have to fuck? See, you need to write your own movie because I like that. I'm invested in your. I'm emotionally invested. <laughs> Nobody in that would buy it. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. Lena Waithe is saying, make your own movie. I'm unwilling to make my own movie with white money. I also got all my own shit to do. Yeah. Nigga, we over here watching your movies. We over here working jobs. We go afford to go see the motherfucking movie. It ain't, oh, go make yours. Niggas is out here fight. We got, we're living life so that your motherfucking ass can make movies. No shade. We out here in the fire, in the fryer, so you ain't got to be in the frying pan. You know what I mean? Like, so. That's I how get, capitalism works. I do get the whole, like, go make your own shit, but that's just being defensive. Like, just keep it a buck. You are saying that people's criticisms of your casting choices of British people in uh, in a movie that is about Black American people, it Black American music, black dealing American in Black American experience. themes, yeah. the fact that Black American people get shot and killed by the police at higher rates than people in Britain, the whole prison, like all of that is. And cops in Britain don't even really carry cops, which um, um, guns. Uh, carry guns, which I didn't know. And of course, Black people are 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 oppressed and killed in Britain. And at the same time, black people who are black, who are actors and who could portray these roles in ways that would sell it or ways that would be authentic to their experiences in this country specifically, we're all victims of the empire, British empire in a lot of ways. But you think about the space that was taken up, even Jodi Smith Turner and to her credit, but not really to her credit, but she did express reservations about being in the film because she's British. Mm. and was like I don't even know if I want to live in America that much and my husband white I, I'm, she didn't say her husband white I added that but she like <laughs> you know I just I, I'm I'm cool but it, but if my thing is cause I wanna I'm gonna go ahead and end it cause we can sit here and talk about this the whole we just sit here and continue to go whole episode about this but we won't if you wanna enjoy Queen, Queen and Slim I suggest you ask no questions and you sit and you don't interrogate anything that you see. Yeah, turn your brain and you off. You de- turn your brain off. Yes. 
um, eat some popcorn and melt into yes. the prettiness. Um, but if you do enjoy films and if you've not fallen for the okie doke that black that this is a black film or the blackest film you've ever seen if you are somebody who watches black films enjoys black films then you will find great issue with the not only just the content but you'll find great issue with the way that black people or blackness is portrayed um, and for who it's portrayed, you'll start to feel a little left out. Mm-hmm. And you start to maybe feel upset or you might feel a trigger. You might feel a number of different things going to see this movie. I will say that if you have not seen it, we, we spoiled it a little bit, but not really. Mm-hmm. If you have not seen it that and you are black, uh, trigger warning, massive trigger warning. And that's another thing for movies, like even Minister Society, I mean, Color Purple too, yeah, all Society need trigger warnings. Malcolm mm-hmm. X, trigger, trigger warnings. Warning. Before the film comes on, it mm-hmm. needs a fucking trigger warning. It's too much for us to constantly be viewing violence like this in our personal lives, on the internet, mm-hmm. in movies. No, like we need to choose whether we're going to go see it or not and doesn't need to be a spoiler, but it could be like, okay, I don't want to see no movie with a bunch of violence mm-hmm. in it or like i don't want to see a movie with you know what i mean it, it's got to be a choice and, and edu- like yes. a informed choice to see it i mean the same could be probably be said about bet movies like holiday hard and shit like maybe those movies also they got holes too you know black all people movies do, have holes they all, all have, movies holes. have holes and at the end of the day i do wish that we stop trying to do the the activism shit all the time i just wish they not the movies were not billed the way that they are their build is revolutionary i yes. wish that if you don't say none of that then queen and slim what do you is mean they're build their build they are promoted as revolutionary oh or yes. inside of some type of social justice yes. film tradition but, but, but what you're speaking to is making me think that that is popular right now it is. so we are playing right. into that right if, mm-hmm. if it was popular to have but the thing is, is this movie wouldn't have done well if it was just a fucking love story. It wouldn't have done well. It'd be love and that's the high. gag. That's what I think mm-hmm. black artists or black filmmakers have mm-hmm. to contest with is that black love is revolutionary, but white people do not care about it. They're yeah. not going to fund it. Brown Sugar. Remember that movie? Right. Queen Hello. Queen love and Basketball. Love and Basketball is an excellent film. How many? Where is that? Was it I given a Grammy? For, but oh, I like, please. But that's that's crazy. You need to watch it again. All yes. of these are also cishet movies. So again, which I'm tired. I'm over. I don't think I said this. I am over cis hat movies Mm -hmm. over it. Mm -hmm. I'm over it. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the queer and trans movies being these obscure ass films that nobody sees. They go to Sundance and then that's it. I'm tired of that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see it. And I certainly don't want to see no white cis hat people. I just don't. So cut it out. I mean, at the end Pariah, of the day, this is... Pariah, excellent coming-of-age movie. movie. Excellent. excellent. Where the movie. hell was that? Where was that? I yeah. need to start showing that in my class. That's such a good movie. There's there's a lot of excellent black movies. I just want to resist the narrative that... that, that um, that Spike Jones is somehow a auteur higher than other the other black yeah. directors. Like, I just... I want to resist that. Like, that little X is not great. Like, who did Belly and all. Like, 
It also Belly. makes me wonder Pain what. Full. Like what, these are, are movies we, I like. How are we call? What are we calling activists? All black people are activists just by existing. Mm. But <laughs> it's almost like they had to do something in this film to be an activist. It couldn't just be following black people around on a road trip to New Orleans. It had well, to be that they killed somebody and escaped, and now they're revolutionary. We'll see. The well, the love is what they're positing as revolutionary. No, what? they're not. They're positing some sort of escape from the police as revolutionary. There's no way in hell they're positing in love as revolutionary that's up for debate that's ebony erica's film the last thing i'll say about this too is that there's some really great things that could be teased out of here uh one of the good things is the skin folk and kin folk thing like that's figures that's a motif that figures very heavily in here and i think if that was intentional that's tight this idea that damn like you going all over the country. They're queen and slimmer, hella nervous every time they're in a public space. But black people have been helping them along the way and really fucking with them. And yes. that was very beautiful to see to see that tension of, is these niggas, uh, you never know when you meet black people sometimes. That's how yes. I feel as a black person, in my opinion. I don't know what, I, I've always just been like, I'm going to be cool with you, but then sometimes in New York, they don't be wanting to talk to you. So I'm like, <laughs> I never know if you're going to sell me down the river or are you just skeptical if I'm going to sell you down the river. <laughs> you know we don't know and when we say down the river we really mean down the river like they yes. meant slavery the mississippi river so yes. sell me down the river i think that's where that comes from Ooh. that's it for my queen and sun review that's it this is an episode that i feel is long overdue and it is really the the, the title of it as you can see is does black love include white people? Now, you all know that we know the answer to this. Yes. We all know the answer now. Now, some of y'all, the way y'all answer going to show me if you know the answer or not. It's going to say a lot about you. Yes. But we want to explore that um, question, but not just in the sense of romantic relationships. A lot of um, the dominant media sort of cis normative relationships between you know like uh you know that type of shit but we we're talking about broadly like even the at least i'm talking about broadly i'm not just talking about like romantic relationships i'm oh, talking okay. about platonic as well okay. platonic like where yeah. you you hang but when around we talking about black love we're talking about romantic love no That's i don't focus. even believe that well, that is the, that is, I mean, that's a way to scale that's it. it. I mean, <clears throat> you, it is important to talk about black love in all of its, yes. incident on mm-hmm. all of its iterations yes. because people don't <clears throat> honor the ways in which we love each other. True. And black people are just literally full of love. Yes. And everybody knows that there's mm-hmm. nobody that can deny that mm-hmm. at all. No mm-hmm. identity or no mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think. Yes, I get that, but I think if we're talking about black love and for the, mm-hmm. you know, for the purpose of this podcast, and we only have an hour and thirty minutes or forty five minutes, my 50. Gemini partner, who I love dearly, we cannot be that broad. <laughs> we can't, but we're gonna try <laughs> to oh attempt my to talk about all the ways that love iterates. Love is not. I just I, love cannot just be confined to romantic partnerships. I, just I agree, but for the sake of this podcast, even and the, the way that title, white people and black people interact, even though even in black and non-black POC in public space, in I, friend groups, all it we're gonna fam familial relationships. Yes, consider just consider but, all the ways. But we gonna yeah right as you go along as Ebony wants you to do. Consider 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 all 
the ways. Uh, <laughs> How many ways? Now, Erica, do you want to get us started? No, I'm. Know? You're not. I'm not getting us started because <laughs> you're supposed to be interviewing me. So I was. If you don't know this, I was actually married and I was actually with someone for seven years from mm-hmm. about 2008 till. 2014 um that seems longer than seven years but it was a long time um and we were married for a year year and a half um and people this person was a white woman and people tease me all the time a lot of my friends will they be like weren't you how were you married to a white woman like how did that happen it seems like a completely different person um and it it was in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um but i think it's important to talk about and i we have the idea that ebony would interview me about what it was like to be in an interracial relationship and when we say interracial for the purposes of this podcast we're just talking about black and white relationships um i know that interracial can look a lot of different ways but when the presence of a white person is there I think it's important to talk about those dynamics and what it's like to navigate that as a black person Mm -hmm. I also think it is uh, people may be like well why aren't you talking about everybody else I think who you should get upset with is um, like commercials and major networks that keep perpetuating black and white couples and not really anybody else I think Mm -hmm. right now there's like a furniture um there's like a furniture or a cell phone commercial that has an Asian couple, an Asian person with a presumable Asian person with a black person, I think. And that is probably the first time I've ever seen an interracial couple that wasn't black and white. Mm-hmm. So don't get upset with us. Um, get upset with the people that keep perpetuating. Cause mm-hmm. right now what Ebony has been saying is that literally every other commercial is an interracial couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that, is that people could be excited about that or they could be question it a little bit. And I think any it's critical of it. And I think any time that a major corporation is doing anything inside of quote unquote diversity, you should be critical of that and consider why are they doing that? And also consider that even though there's a presence of most likely a light skinned black person, Mm -hmm. that there is still very much the presence of a white person. So how is it that we could never, why aren't there commercials of just black people? Um, and somebody wrote to me cause we talked about this a little bit on Instagram Somebody was like, well, I feel like anytime I see commercials with just black people is only on BET. So black entertainment television, if you're not familiar, um, which I, I think, yeah, like there's not and mm-hmm. and probably on BET, there's probably going to have some interracial commercials. Yeah. Colorism shit. You're going to have that. All of it. And all of it is hetero, no. able body. Because that's not cisgender. Mixed. We have no admixtures. We have no. Yeah, you that's know, not mixed. Even like yeah, talk, you know, you never see uh, this is not mixed per se. But like you said before, like a a person from a Nigerian person and a Black American person, right? Rel- Why is that person mixed? And an Ethiopian person that's mixed. Portray, you know, you right. don't get to see that, or a, a Cambodian person and a a Latina like it's just white. Yeah, so white is. What right the base? <laughs> the base yes. is in the foundation. And now, yes, the foundation. So yes. yeah, we're gonna talk about a little bit about my mm-hmm. experiences. Um, and Eb is has I guess come up with questions in his brain, and we're well, just gonna is- chat. Yes, and then we'll chat. talk about. Hopefully, it provides. I know people write to me about it. Um, you know, 
black people who are in relationships with white people. Like, how do you navigate? How did you navigate this? What was it like for you? What do I do around the holidays? So those are some of the things we want to touch on, um, to hopefully it helps a black person. Um, and if you're white, then you, you hopefully will know how to contort yourself or actually consider your desirability, um, and what that, looks like and also how to not fetishize your partner i mean i believe yes. to your point about That's the biggest part there's a concerted effort to like you said white supremacy what'd you say um yesterday you said white supremacy keeps us from wanting to have attractions to each other talking yes. about black people yes and that is something that we'll talk about in how that's derived it, it is an, a slavery originating yes reality mm-hmm. um in me- methodology of the state um and I think it's important to that I that to note that for me, I feel like there is a concerted effort to keep black people from being not just attracted to each other, but you know, even having children with one another. I know that yeah. sounds slightly hotepish, but I do believe not even children, but just from being in relationship with one another or not. Even it's not hotepish, it is intentional. But even seeing black black trans relationships, black trans families with mm-hmm. with children, like mm-hmm. that is not something that you're gonna see on a commercial. And if you do see on a commercial, it's gonna be for like a Walmart or a major corporation in order to yeah. have them buy stuff yep. it's not or to break into a, a queer and trans market it's yep. not necessarily going to be because our relationships are valued and our desires to family plan are valued or yeah. oh, even yeah. seen mm-hmm. or you know or recognized as valid yeah um so there's a concerted effort just period black people of all gender identities i feel like but definitely black queer and trans people to have us be um set apart and to not have no type of relationships with one another yeah period but so pursuing to that, I do have questions. I don't need to write them down because I'm just always curious about these things. Yes. What would make a black person want to be with a white person? Mm. Like, be, and I know the the sociopolitical stuff, mm-hmm. but I want to kind of get your opinion on like, when you first met your previous partner, did you realize they was white? <laughs> this is honest. This is a, that's a good question. Um, I think I have to step back just a little bit before meeting that, before meeting my ex, um, and how I have been, how my, my desire politic without knowing that it was a politic, Mm. like almost like a forced politic. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. Um, all of my family is black. The elementary school and middle school, which was combined, that I went to is all black. Like one of my teacher, all of my, for the most part, most of my teachers were black. The principal was Asian, I think. Asian? Yeah, Mr. Pike. Yes. All it, so it was, it was like, um, it was like I had a world at school and I had a world in my neighborhood and you know you spend a little you spend more time at school mm-hmm. um but w- being in my neighborhood growing up there from just a baby right and being questioned by my neighbors like why is your hair do this why are your lips like this why you know and it was always with the tinge of why is it like this because it shouldn't be like that yes. it should be like me So that already started to kind of color, you know, how I felt about myself, Mm -hmm. right. As a black person. Mm 
Um, and also my fondest memory of my childhood, um, is watching like civil rights movie mm-hmm. movies, um, and watching movies about slavery and having so many questions about it and asking mm-hmm. my dad about it and him mm-hmm. educating us and telling us, you know, this is what happened and you know, this is who you are, but also in my neighborhood being called the N word, mm-hmm. right. And having to navigate that. So I understand that as a young kid, I started to say, you know, my body is wrong and my struggles are important and that's it. Yeah. Like there was nothing else, you know, I have to fight for my blackness and that's it. Like mm-hmm. I'm ugly and all I have to do is fight for my blackness. That's mm-hmm. all you have to do. And then when puberty set in, I had so many crushes on everybody. Like I had crushes on girls. I had crushes on boys and I didn't know where to put it. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I don't, I'm never going to talk about a crush on a girl because nobody is talking about that. Right. I see it in porn, but that can't be real. It's just a television. But my crushes on boys are like, please let it be real. But nobody was reciprocating that. Yeah. Um, and most of my crushes on boys were black boys. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any, my, um, middle school was mostly black Mm -hmm. as well. And there wasn't, I don't even remember white boys Mm -hmm. in my school. Like I just remember black people. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of that had to do with like, okay, I am attracted to black, like I'm attracted to black people, but I don't know that I get to be attracted to anybody because no one is expressing any interest in me. Mm -hmm. Um, I do remember in my middle school, black boys being attracted to white girls. Mm. And it's not like white people really showing interest in me either, but it just felt like maybe it'd be easier to be with them. Or maybe I should try my hand at being with Mm. them or trying to get their attention and that will, you know, have me get somewhere. Then I moved to Puerto Rico (laughs) where, yes, there's Puerto Ricans, but there's also a very clear, like, racial divide Mm -hmm. of lighter-skinned Puerto Ricans and darker-skinned Puerto Ricans Mm -hmm. or Afro-Latinx people. Mm -hmm. So in my high school, there was no Afro-Latinx people. Lots of racial aggressions against Black Americans, against Black Puerto Ricans. Um, Lots of class, um, classism, if you Mm -hmm. will. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would chase this boy who I love named John and he would put me in trash cans and literally every day he would literally pick me up and put me in trash cans and I thought it was love yeah um and you know he was never interested in me but I really really believed in my heart that at some point he would be interested in me Mm -hmm. then I discovered the internet and I met my first black boyfriend on the internet um and we were like in love but there was still in my heart it was like this was the only way I could find somebody to be attracted to me mm-hmm. um, was through the internet was, you know, using my personality or me talking about blackness, mm-hmm. uh, but not really my pictures, not mm-hmm. really who me as a black person. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you have to go back there to what my understanding was that my existence was so small. Mm-hmm. Um, And I had so many examples for me, enough evidence that no one was really found me attractive, that I was ugly. And people would tell me that I was ugly as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of those people were black. Mm -hmm. Like my grandmother essentially reiterated to me that I was ugly in so many words. Mm -hmm. Right. So even that communication was challenging for me to believe that black people found me beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like black is beautiful means it's such a huge statement and it's used so much that I feel like sometimes it loses its impact. It's not supposed to mean aesthetically, right? Well, I think, I don't Mm -hmm. think that people mean it to mean aesthetically, but I think it's important that we talk about the aesthetic of it because that is, it is not perpetuated like that. Today has nothing Mm -hmm. has changed. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So it was so that was it would have been great to have that message from a little kid. Yeah. Um, it also would have been great to have the message that I don't have to have a boy or any gender like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just be me, and if you know people like me, then they like you. But it's that's hard for that's a young e- person yes, to understand because that. they just want the gratification of you like me that means i'm beautiful mm-hmm. um or that means i'm worthy yes. um that means you chose me i'm special right yeah. so fast forward into my 20s now i'm you know navigating my gender i'm navigating my sexuality i've had a few partners by now but i i'm queer and in queer communities, we cannot deny the infatuation we have with whiteness, just like any other community. Mm-hmm. And literally the staple for queerness was a white cis woman named Ellen. Mm-hmm. Like that is who people would think about inside of queerness. And it maybe not just Ellen, but as similarly people who look like Ellen, Yeah, maybe a sort of baggy jean, a keychain hanging from themselves, a tight shirt, <laughs> A short haircut, like stop, like Justin Bieber. I mean, he was teased as a kid that he looked like a lesbian, right? Like, and when they say lesbian, that meant white lesbian, yes. But that was my blueprint, mm-hmm. right? That was like, the, okay, this is what this looks like. This is the person to be with. This is the person you want. And my ex-wife looks like Ellen. So when yes, she yes. was attracted <laughs> to me, I was present to that she was white, but I had it like it didn't matter. Like I was so like, yeah, so I want to. I'm not stopping you, but I'm saying in that moment, you say you were not, you were present to that she was white. Yes, but you were also present to everything else she described. Yes, yes, I was more so, was, so present yes. to you like me. Yes, you are showing of, interest, yes. but the gag is she didn't. She didn't show interest in me. She actually told me very blank, um, bluntly that she is not attracted to me. And I think. That if whenever a white person say they're not attracted to a black person, it's it's anti-black. It's racist. I'm 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 serious. That is my thought. Now I actually don't think that it's racist. I think that it's truth. Like I think that it's racism. Well, I well, uh, that's hard for me to. That's hard. What do you mean truth? Because they have been told it's that we're ugly. That is ra- yeah, yes. It's racist. Yes, racist. Yes, yes that yes. is the I truth of that. the reality. But I don't that want is you racist. to think that I'm pretty to not be racist. Well, no, they're no, still racist, the so it's both. It's yes. both. <laughs> and I think that is, yeah, that's that's a, that's the a hard part. That's it's a, a hard part. Because it's like you, you're you saying, okay, you, you, she's saying that, okay, you're not my type. And then what did you tell me who she named off as her type, some type of people? Describe I mean, them. all throughout our relationship, she named off soccer players like the women's soccer team mm-hmm. um she loved uh scarlett johansson um what's the other girl that's in um what is her name oh lord she's uh jewish oh god she's in the movie with the mask the fifth remember remember the fifth of november I don't natalie know. portman okay um in love with Natalie Portman. Do you all look like anything like Natalie Portman? Look Natalie Portman is Natalie like five. Portman. Thanks, babe. Natalie Portman is like five to uh, one hundred and ten pounds and white as day. Like what, so. So what I think people might be people get um, like uh, how do you say mm, they resist that statement that what? your preferences. People believe that preferences are just preferences. Oh, and can you talk more <laughs> about how that is not true? And how what I'm saying inside of Emily being attracted to not just, okay, Natalie Portman and then Monica. 
You know what I mean? Or Natalie Portman and Keisha Cole. You know, right. or, or you know some of uh, Julia Roberts and you know Nia Long. Right. It's not that. No. You know, it's like one white person. Okay, but you tracked it to all of them. All of them. Yeah. You know, for them, or that is the the where your attractions are most rooted in. Right. It's it's not. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that it's it's racist. Yes. So I feel like can you explain like where you even you can even use your relationship but also just talk broadly about why do people get so upset and say things like preferences are just preferences because they haven't done any sort of inventory of where their preferences come from Mm -hmm. they haven't considered that they have been um they have inherited their preferences for since they were a kid. Yes. If you watch Disney movies, Sleeping Beauty looks a particular way. So does Belle. Ain't all of them white. So does they're all white. They're all thin. So does Barbie. They're all able-bodied. That is all intentional, right? Mm-hmm. So they all have long hair. None of them have short hair. None of mm-hmm. them struggle with growing their hair out. They all have thin noses, little lips. These are all the way that they're shaped. It's like a sort of hourglass, but much, much smaller, mm-hmm. like curves and things. So, all of that stuff gets embedded. It's mm-hmm. not that your preferences are just preferences unless you've actually anybody that's saying that hasn't done an actual look at how racism, um, sizeism, classism, all of those things impact you, how yourself. you view yes. uh, what you're attracted to. Yes. Right. You have to do that work. Yes. yes. So that's, that's what I meant. Thank you, Erica. That's what I meant by mm-hmm. if a white person is telling you, you're not my type, you're, I'm not attracted to you. That's what we see what it's rooted in. Yes. They have to take the inventory and so do you by being still interested in them. Yes. So when she was like, you're not my type, not just how you felt about it, because I know the story, but like in your desire, you described like, okay, I'm going to make you feel like I'm your type. I'm going to change that. Yes. I'm going to prove that to you. Do you, I never asked you before, but do you feel like you did? Yeah. Because we were together for seven years and we got married. And how did you do that? What were the means or the mechanisms or was it unconscious, you know? No, it was conscious, I think. What were you? I think it was like that little girl that really wanted David was like, I'm going to get what I want this time. But did that include? And I'm going to, and I'm definitely Mm going to prove to this white person that black is beautiful, that Mm -hmm. I am attractive. They're going to see that. Mm -hmm. So I think, I I think maybe it was, I don't think it was super right there for me. I don't think, I don't Mm -hmm. think that was that as clear as day, Mm -hmm. but it was certainly there that this person wasn't attracted to me and And I'm going to seek them out. Um, And they're, I'm going to get them. Like I'm Mm going to like win them over. Um, and that's also a thing that's perpetuated inside of like dating culture mm-hmm. is that you can get someone to like you, even little kids. It's mm-hmm. like, if they hit you, that means they like you. Yes. Um, if you can just keep taking it, that means they'll be with you eventually. It's so yeah, ridiculous. That's that abuse. Yeah. That rhetoric. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I think a big, I mean, in retrospect, a big part of it was like, if this blonde hair, blue eye, blue-eyed, white person, able-bodied, cisgender, sees me as attractive, then I'm attractive. Mm. I have proved to the 13-year-old that wanted David that I was attractive, that I won, not Jamie. That I did it. Mm. For all the people who ever called me ugly, most of the people who've called me ugly in my life are black. So here's Mm. this white person calling me beautiful. That trumps everything that y'all have ever said. What do you feel about that of... A lot of people use that same sort of line of thinking of like mostly 
you don't do this, but I know a lot of people do where, you know, some people maybe in the blurred or the nerd culture will say, well, black people didn't like me because of this. And mm-hmm. black people were not attracted to me. So that led me to liking white culture or like white people. No, no white culture, but liking white people and white things. Yes. So, so how was that for you? Do you feel like, how do you feel about your statement of like, or the your experience of black people calling you ugly or mm-hmm. not being attracted to you. Well, and I I get where people are saying that because they, I mean black what black people have to talk about is that we all we do we are anti black. Yes. But we have to understand that black people not liking you and black people being mean and black people being like you're not black enough. That's all rooted in anti blackness. And mm-hmm. there are black people with your same experience. So mm-hmm. why are you giving up on black people and running to white people? Mm-hmm. It's deeper. It's deeper than black people didn't want me. It's that you've always been conditioned to have white people want you. You've never been, you know, seen a, a black couple just together. And that is the future. Yeah. No, no. You see white couples together, even in, in, in kindergarten, when they yeah. show examples of marriages and things like that, it's usually two white people. Same. Yes. You know what I mean? So that's something so simple. So it's when people say that, it's like, well, why did you give up on black people? Yes. Like, why did you just toss it away? Like you, you went through every black person because there's definitely white people mm-hmm. who are not attracted to you, who don't think you're black enough, who think that you're yeah. trash, mm-hmm. but you go to them. That's somehow better. Yes. So that was, that was my realization. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I was like, oh, black people don't find me attractive. So I'm going to be with this white person. For me, it was, which I think is more of why a lot of black people go to white people is that this white person validates my beauty in what way more than a black person so it's quantitative it's not the way it's not because the way way. it's not the way it's how it looks it also has to do with class too Mm -hmm. that this person you know and i don't i think this is challenging for me as somebody who grew up with class privilege Mm -hmm. but this is now like oh i get to be with somebody that has it together well, it's Which is, interesting because it, I didn't grow up around a lot of white people, but who people were attracted to in the Bay Area mm-hmm. were racially ambiguous people, mostly black, 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 white, black people mixed with white. Yeah. Or black people mixed with Asian, which is a, a, um, a lot of black people in the Bay Area. Yes. So I had some of those same feelings of like, if I'm with, a, which I never was, but if I'm with a light-skinned person, of which a light-skinned black person, then that will mean something positive about me. Yes. That will make me seem more attractive. Yes. That does mean I'm attractive. If, yes. You know, one of my boyfriends in middle, like fourth grade, Jonathan, like he was light skinned with green eyes. Like that would mean something to me. Now as a child, it didn't, it, it didn't really click to me, but I'm like, as I got older and was in the eighth grade, uh, another boy, like in the, about it's somewhere seventh, eighth grade named Maurice, mm-hmm. light skinned, I liked him, and then he told somebody, like, oh, Ebony is fat, black, and ugly. So mm-hmm. those are all... But for me, I never... I never internalized that as, like, um, black people. You get it? Mm-hmm. Like, where it's like, black people don't like me, or they find me ugly or attractive. Mm-hmm. It never occurred to me that way, and I think because I was around so many black people, yep. and not around a lot of white people, unless they was, like, a teacher for Teach for America, or, like... Yes you know, at the housing office or like social services. So other than that, 
I wasn't around enough white people to even imagine them in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even develop. It was so little of them around me. I couldn't develop no attractions to them. Yeah. Or them to me. Yes. You know, so I guess my other question is like, do you, I think it's also what you mentioned was important because it's also talking about black cis men, of course, like again, mm-hmm. with their desires to be with people who are not femme and black. Yes. They just, it, it is a desire to be something else or away from that. Yeah. A lot so, of the, yeah, a, yeah. David on down a lot mm. of the cis, presumable cis boys at my school mm. wanted to be with light skinned black women or white women. Do you feel like that's the case in Maryland, a trend in Maryland? It's a trend all over the United States, yeah, but it's but- absolutely a trend in Maryland. One of the mm-hmm. cities where that's near to where I grew up is Columbia, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And it has a stat where it has like maybe the largest interracial relationships in the country or the East Coast. Like cishet relationships? Yeah. Okay, you know what yeah. they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Just man, they're talking about marriages too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is that was huge. And also like my dad, I believe, dated white women. I mean, my dad is now married to a Puerto Rican for the past um, twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um at lighter skinned Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. So the, I overheard those things. Um, the way that rap music even talks about being with white people. I don't mm-hmm. know that those things impacted me per se, mm-hmm. but I was, this is, this is something that was very common when I was growing up and it's, people still say it, but I think it's outdated. It doesn't matter the race of the person who you date, you date people who you love. Right. People still say that. Right. Like that. So that was something that guided me in a lot of ways mm-hmm. at the time where I was like, Oh, this is just who I like. Yeah. I just like who I like. Yeah. Right. Like this yeah. is up there, and it's also um, as a queer person. Oh, there's a lesbian. Oh, there's a there's another queer person. We're supposed to be together. Yes. The- can you and can you also talk about you never you never the type of person to have no charge about the things that you share. Yeah. And we always talk about pointing inward and talking about our own experiences. Why do you feel like a lot of people who date white people, particularly a lot of black people that I've seen who date white people brush over it? Like it's just they just with a person and that person is not white and or that they don't necessarily talk about why they are dating a white person Mm -hmm. or talking about why. You okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talking about it's a lot. So that's why I'm checking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, babe. Yeah, Yeah, I'm fine. Um, Are you okay? mm Mm-hmm. Okay. It's upsetting some of the things, yes. yeah, that you share. Yeah, but... you seem like you t- you getting upset a little bit. Yeah, it's all right. It's, it's, it's okay. Um, What's upsetting? You should say that. Well, I just feel like I guess it it upsets me. I guess it just upsets me because I'm thinking about the incidences of black cis men who well, a good friend of my best friend Ty was talking about. Like, I don't understand how it's so many cis had so many black films period that's single black films who want to be with black cis men regardless like of all genders and sexualities why are they single but black cis men be hella booed up mm-hmm. like why are they sing- but be booed up with white people it's so yep. many beautiful black films around why would you ever want a black people period mm-hmm. black mass people too like it's so many beautiful black people what would ever be your excuse for being with a white person and people got so upset Mm-hmm. And her for saying that. Mm-hmm. So well, I guess it's just like we talked about yesterday. It's like black cis, black p- 
it's it's this desire I see even with queer black people. It's desire. I hear this rhetoric. We're going to infiltrate. We're going to get in mm-hmm. at the table, mm-hmm. and then we're going to flip it, and then we're going to change it. But like you say, you're not going to infiltrate. You're just going to emulate. Yep. You're just going to become that thing. Yes. You only trying to get to your desire. You're driven to get to the table because of who's there. Yes. Not because it's a random ass table sitting in the middle of the road. Like yes. you're trying to get to a particular table with particular set of benefits. Yes. And with particular people who look a certain way there to value you, whether that be valuing you want to fuck you, value you want to give you some money, give you some opportunities or just be in your life. Yes. So why do so many people not talk about I'm around hella white people all the time? Because what, or non-black POC all the time. Uh, Why do people not talk about that? Why do we normalize it in a way where it's like, oh, it is just love. And we all know. Why do we talk about racism and, and systems of oppression till perpetuity, but then be surprised, but then be um, hesitant to talk about people being with hella around hella white people, black people being around hella white people. Because I think we underestimate the power of love is love mm-hmm. or like just love each other mm-hmm. or like love is the answer. That sort mm-hmm. of like racial reconciliation mm-hmm. shit. I think people, black people really think sometimes that mm-hmm. that is going to work. Yes. They really think that you can love your way mm-hmm. into ending racism. Yes. As if we are the people that perpetuate it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. Like, Will our love for because, each other end racism? Right. Exactly. <laughs> but that's not the thought. The yes. thought is that you have to love another white person. You have yeah. to be with a white person. And that means that now we, now it's now racism is over. And I really thought that I really thought that I, that racism was done. It was like, yeah. Oh, I'm with this person. They're in the peace corps. Mm-hmm. You know, we're both queer together. You, oh, we talk about race. Sometimes she knows so much about race. She loves Obama. She, you know, went door to door in Ohio to fight for Obama. She went to a predominantly black high school. Like she is down. Mm-hmm. She's from Cleveland. Black people do this all the time. Black all the people time. will I, all we, the time. They we were somewhere. Yes. Somebody uh, uh, made a extremely violent statement mm-hmm. about, uh, I won't say their name, but they work in a Philadelphia school district. And they were talking oh. about feeling as a white person, talking about feeling oppressed and not liked mm-hmm. by the black people in the largely black city of Philadelphia. Yes. And, and in a black school district. And uh, but did say, you know, but I've been doing some great work. In fact, one of the, a lot of people there say I'm black. They say she's black. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Yes. And that then, and black people do that often. And I think oh, that is something Where does that, that black from? people must stop doing. Like we must stop upholding just because a, a white person, you know, appropriates black scent or they could dance like I don't know pop like a drop it or some shit or they're stepping we have to stop lifting that shit up and being like oh you down oh you a brother oh you oh because they know some obscure rap lyrics that means that they know no and that diminishes who we are and it mm-hmm. diminishes our existence mm-hmm. and it's bullshit because it, then it's yeah. because they still walk away. They got white privilege and they also got your dumb ass telling them that they're black, yes. which is not the case. And that is <laughs> that. And even when I, you know, 
I can't watch nothing and not notice it. Like, mm-hmm. even where you talk about, oh, babe, look at the baby video. This nigga got, like, hella white people and hella non-black POC in some rap video with a white person. Oh, the baby. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just, it yes. diminishes the the value of what you're saying. Yes. I, mean, I don't feel it no more because I know it's not for me. Yeah. I know it's for everybody. Yes. If it's for black people, it's for black people. It's for yes. everybody, then it's not for black people. Yes. In my opinion. Yes. And I think there is a, a resistance or an issue or a problem with having things just be for us, yes. including our bodies, Correct. And including ourselves Correct. and including our cultural norms, customs, the way that we talk regionally, all of that. Yes. So were you, even when you were with your ex, do you feel like you were insulated? Like did racist situations happen when y'all together? Did you feel insulated or did you not notice those situations happening? I mean, that is essentially what, I mean, a good amount of our relationship was in Ethiopia, in Mm -hmm. the Peace Corps. So we were insulated from Mm -hmm. the United States, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in a homogenous country where most of the people are black. So what she's experiencing as a white person is way more, is way bigger and way more significant to in the in significant not in meaning or value but significant in the sense of it's blatant what she's experiencing Mm -hmm. on a regular basis Mm -hmm. than what i was Mm -hmm. i was like a carefree life in ethiopia for a year and a half because Mm -hmm. nobody bothered me until i started talking maybe but even then they were like whatever just a black girl like who cares yeah but for her it was like oh my god token and i love you and i want to have sex with you and you're so beautiful let me touch your hair they like that they like but but that's what they were doing do you feel like white people they like that though no, no, no. They hated it. They were like, this is so hard. And, blah. and I would just laugh. I'd just be like, wow, you've never experienced this before in your life. And like, this is literally my whole life with y'all. Yes, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, being tokenized and being, you know, wanting people wanting, not wanting to sleep with you. I didn't necessarily have that, but like people treating you like an experiment mm-hmm. and like an object. Um, so <laughs> exactly. So it, it, it wasn't, it was more so her stuff mm-hmm. was centered. But then when we came back to the States, mm-hmm. that's when it started to shift because mm-hmm. I don't know that I think we were together for almost two years and her brother didn't know I was black. And I can't remember what was the, fo- what was mm-hmm. the conversation on the phone that signaled to him that I was black, but he was like, um, she was talking to him and she said something about maybe Erica talked to her. I don't know. Something's about me being black. And he was like, she's black. Like he had no idea. Cause the internet sucked. I mean, we were posting stuff online. So maybe I don't, mm. maybe we weren't official on Facebook or whatever. Um, but mm. the internet, the internet's horrible in Ethiopia. Yeah. So and there was no smartphone. So it's not like we were posting all the time. Mm. I'm not like you saw us holding hands. It's also homophobia is, uh, or homophobia homosexuality is illegal in Ethiopia. So we couldn't be out even on our Facebook pages at the time. Yeah. So he just didn't know about us at all. And Mm. it's not like she told him. So that's when it started coming clear to me. Okay, wait a second. Like there's a lot of conversations we have to have here to the point. That's huge. To the point where we were driving from Cleveland, where she's from to Cincinnati to meet her grandmother. And that's like a four hour drive. And I asked her, I don't know what possessed me to ask her, but I was like, did you tell your family that I'm black? 
And she was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, pull over. I literally made her pull over on the middle of the highway mm-hmm. and like told her to call her family. Yeah. And was like, you have to tell them I'm not pulling up to a 93 year old grandmother, which is how old her grandmother was. You know, and she sitting was in, in her bags. face. Right. In Ohio is sitting in her face as a black then. person. Right. And you just came out to your grandma. <laughs> Ain't no way. Nope. It no. wasn't slavery. I'm not going to be responsible for her death. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the next question for me is, as somebody so who has never, yes, as somebody, I am not attracted to white people sexually, romantically, emotionally, <laughs> intellectually. Um, what are some other ways? Um, erotically. Fi- you said it all, man. Um, yeah, erotically. Um, every <laughs> single way that a person can like a person, you know, all I could give to a white person is friendship. And even then, I've cut off maybe the large the three that I did have. <laughs> so they don't even really truly exist no more. Um, no shade to some of y'all, you know, but I just, so with the turning points I'm interested in, even think about not just the event itself. Don't focus on the event itself as a turning point, but your own internal thoughts before the turning point. Yes. Like, were there things that had you be like, I don't like this person. Yes. I'm not actually attracted to this person. Like you thawed. Yes. Like you were a black person. Like you yeah. thought, yo, it thawed out. <laughs> like you got taken out the freezer. Hold on. What were the things before the turning point that had you be like, I'm not actually attracted to them and I'm thawing out. My desire for you is thawing. So we both worked, um, 40 hour jobs mm-hmm. a week. I think, I think she was like 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, most of, we were out of the house most of the time, mm-hmm. but I would come home earlier than her. And it was one point we got into an argument where she was expecting me to clean and cook mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. everything. And I was like, Ding, ding, ding. Like, no. Yeah. And, I, and it took mm-hmm. me a while to get to mm-hmm. that doesn't work for me because mm-hmm. of our racial dynamic. Like mm-hmm. there is a, and that there is a literal, um, power dynamic in our relationship, whether we want to acknowledge mm-hmm. that or not. Mm-hmm. So you expecting me to clean and cook is not something that feels good in my spirit or toxic, to my ancestors. Some toxic masculinity. Some toxic, yes, because, because she's yeah, she's mass presenting. So that was one of like the first things that was like, eek. right after that was diagnosed with breast cancer. So lots of when people, at least for me, when I was on chemo, the moments of sitting and getting a chemo infusion is like, two hours if not longer mm-hmm. so you're just sitting there there's rarely people would come with me she would never come with me she said she couldn't take off work to come with me to get chemo um which was another thing that was like but did not provide really financially during no. your treatment so you had no. to work i had to work full-time through chemo yeah. yep mm-hmm. um so i'm sitting there thinking it's just mulling over all of these incidents that i may have pushed under the rug or maybe weren't addressed in just getting heated Mm -hmm. um and upset about a lot of it but i'm also sitting there by myself Mm -hmm. um so that was upsetting and so much of my relationship now that i look back I felt like I had to teach her how to be with me. And I'm not talking about blackness. I'm talking about be with me as a partner. Yes. Like treat me like a human being. Yes. And so much of it was like, I'm here 
I I am here for you. And that my blackness is not devoid of my humanity. Yes. You have to regard them one and the same. Yes. Yes. And this is something. But that I had to. Tr- I had to have people, her get humanity because she's not capable. Because <laughs> yes. they're not they're capable. Not. They're and not. And I think this is why. You know, I. What do you feel like? I don't. How does that keep keep going on? How do you have these relationships? What do black people? What kind of concessions do black people have to make? in order to continue to stay in relationships with white people. So or even, many concessions. Or even, and I, we're, we are talking specifically about black and white relationships, but this goes for, you know, niggas who act like white people. This goes for mm-hmm. in their being and their domination yeah. of others. This goes for non-black POC who want to be white, white passing, light-skinned black. That goes for them too. But also, we're not negating those relationships as well. But we are also, in this particular example, talking about the concessions that black people particularly have to make given the history um, of, of uh, cattle slavery in this country, what are the kind of concessions that you think people have to make or that you had to make in order to keep it going as it was going? Because you're talking about the turning points that we skipped. I but, had to... Yeah. Blackness had to be a novelty. It mm-hmm. had to be a gesture, mm-hmm. not my whole ass existence. Mm-hmm. It had to be a uh, a thing to laugh at. Mm-hmm. Like, they're black. Ha ha ha. Or mm-hmm. it's black. Ha ha. Or we're in a black neighborhood. Or they were black. Like, it was mm-hmm. always like a thing. Mm-hmm. Never like, this is all of who Erica is. Mm-hmm. Let me sit down and read a book and shut the hell up. Right? right? Like, let me stop making jokes about it. Right? It was, mm-hmm. it was like, the concessions that I had to make was that it was funny. Right. You know, I'm mean? like, I had to participate. But even the reading a book thing is like. No, no, no. But yeah. but that wasn't happening. Oh. So that's my point. I'm not yeah. saying that that needed to. But that, it wasn't happening it, at it all. It wouldn't have been sufficient. It's like no blackness is. They not in, in go. They're not engaged with blackness, period. Right. In so general. Only in a way that is like it is a joke. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So I that is a concession I had to make. Also or being around her family during the holidays, like taking myself away, feeling, I know a lot of black people feel this way that they are seconds around white people, seconds away from experiencing racism. Mm -hmm. Um, at least for me. And that anxiety is almost like it, it it depletes you. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel like you can't even move. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was always worried about that, like always on edge around her family and her brother was blatantly racist. So I just didn't want to be around him at all. And I couldn't, you know, at this time I had a lot of white friends and I couldn't really talk to them about it. White people don't want to hear about the racism that you're experiencing because what they do is they try to convince you that it's not happening. Yes, so, because they love you. Right, right. And that's it. They love you. Of course they love you. Racism couldn't be happening to you. It was 2014. Like, shit like that. So I just didn't talk to them about it. And mm-hmm. then you start to second guess what's happening to you. So the concessions that you have to make is that you don't have a whole last experience. Mm-hmm. What's happening to you couldn't possibly be. It's just a major gaslight. It's like the right. biggest gaslight I think I've ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. other than living in this country was being in a relationship with a white person mm-hmm. and having so many white people around me as if that meant something about me mm-hmm. as if I couldn't have black friends. 
do you think there are some black people well i want to also push back on my line of question because i feel like it's centering like it or it's putting the onus on black people to like how would we respond with being with a white person how would we respond with you know making concessions towards them like i don't want to ever i don't want to shame black people for being in relationships with white people i feel like black people have their reasons you know i don't want mm-hmm. my uh, I don't want anything to I, that I'm saying to come off as shaming, and maybe that's a protection of whiteness that I'm doing right now. Or I don't have it like that, uh, but I don't want it to come off to other people that like Ugh. it's that I like if a black black films wanted to date white people, I can't hold them if they feel like mm-hmm. who they are attracted to is it, it, which are other black people are not attracted to them. What am I? I'm not finna hold them. I'm not finna be like, don't do that. Don't date this person. But I am also cognizant that it's not just that black people have to make concessions to be white people, but white people are doing virtually little to no work around themselves as white people and what impact that has on the type of human being they're going to be as they come into a relationship, even with other white people. Yeah. So imagine how they treat each other. Imagine how a black person is going to get treated. Yes. Being in a sexual intimate or romantic relationship with them, even in friendships. I know a lot of black people and non-black POC can contest to when white people turn, you know, they start to, they really change at a certain point. Yeah. And I don't know if it was Trump. I don't know what happened. It wasn't Trump, Yeah. but it's just something that happens. I think when I had a, a, a friendship with a white person and, you know, I would talk to him about race and I sat at the table. I said, what conversations are white people having about race with each other and like white supremacy and stuff casual. And he literally didn't say anything. It was as if I'm talking to you right now and you just looked at me and you didn't <laughs> eat, laugh, chuckle, nothing. It's as if I didn't say it, you know? So I already knew that relationship was going down the tank because yes. again, it's, so my whole point is that the line of questioning is mm-hmm. like, I don't want my line of question to be like, we need to change how we're Adam, being that's not coming across that way. around. But I think it's important to talk about the concessions that you have to make but because I, there mm-hmm. are concessions that you have to make. It can't be denied that you could be with a white person and just be your full, full true self. But people that say you they could, can though. No, there's no way. There's no way. Why? Because literally me and you sit around and talk about racism and white people on a regular basis. And I have never felt more free in my entire life. So there is no way that there is a white person that's going to sit around and listen to a black person talk about how ridiculous white people are on a regular basis and not lose their shit or not, or not be quiet to the point where they actually hear what's being said. But you also can't lament. You can't be like, oh yeah, white people suck. They do. Right. And, but that's like what that um, tweet said that I shared is that white people try to hate them. I hate us so much too into our lives, but that also doesn't feel good. It's not the same. It's not because you don't, (laughs) you don't talking, you telling me you hate them, not them. Yes. You're not in their face. (laughs) Exactly. Letting them really know what the deal is. Which is a big, which is another part of this. Cause people will be like, well, my part, my white partner reads and you know, knows about blackness and was a African-American. Um, professor it doesn't matter That's what do problem. they say <laughs> yeah right but they exist mm-hmm. what do they say to white people when y'all are sitting at the dinner table and you at their family's house and their grandma say something racist what are you saying when y'all travel together and somebody says racist some racist to your partner what are you saying talking about white people yes mm-hmm. anytime somebody say something to me that is left 
or you pop off. Ain't nothing Who stopping let that you. Dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't out. not one bit of inch, nothing stopping you. But there is something that stops white people from advocating for black people. How do I know that? It's because I teach racial and social justice, and every single five seconds, a white person will tell me they don't know what to do. What else can but I do? I don't how, come, white- how come there's more to do? Like that yes. is, but but that rhetoric is not something that is particular white people. It's all of them they all don't they don't they don't what else is there to do other than to give up power right but they don't want to do that do you think the only way that uh that black people and white people can be together is through some type of cognitive distance in relationship do you think that there has to be some degree of that some degree of post-racial rhetoric i mean i think there has to be a degree of cognitive dissonance if you date a white cis man <laughs> Straight Period. up and down. I mean, I hate to say I'm sorry. It. I mean, all, and and queer, all, and I'm meaning queer too. Even if it's a white and white couple, like white cis women or whatever, queer. The white cis women are just as violent as white cis men, but mm. more white cis men get more um, platform to be violent. So I'm just like, even if you date, it's just you gotta have some level of cognitive dissonance because they are not working through their shit. They're not. I'll be not, honest. Yeah. <laughs> Are you about to tell us how you dated a white person? I ain't never dated a white person a day <laughs> in my life. I think I kissed a confess, white person confess. before. Um, a long time ago. But, you know, it's never... I love black people. Yes. My desire, p- political desires, is, were born from probably, like you say, for everybody. Like, you inherit it. Like, when you grow up. Like... We had all the same internalized anti-blackness in the Bay Area. The Bay Area password to the Bay Area. If you needed not to pay five dollars to cross the bridge with a toll, <laughs> and they made you cross the bridge with a password, it would be Indian in my family, or it would be mixed baby. <laughs> That would be the password to get across the bridge from San Francisco into Oakland. Because people in the Bay Area love, black people in the Bay Area love them, some people who are not black. Yeah. And they love to have children with them. Mm -hmm. And it's really something that I grew... Of course, ain't nobody going to be attracted to me in the Bay. Yes. Growing up, of course. Like... Yes. Yes, there are black couples, but as a queer person growing up, as somebody who was fat, and a trying to, and a femme, kind of not really femme, not really, no language androgyny wasn't in during that time, yep. nothing like that. Had to be a stutter. No queer people was fucking with me. No straight mm-hmm. people. I mean, but cis men were because that's just them being you know, predatory ones, yes. but you know, yes. I mean, it's also like, niggas, you know, like my mom said, they, they come a dime a dozen. So, yeah. but I wanted to be with somebody that I wanted to be with, which was Fems. And that's not something that ultimately was happening or I was being seen or used in a, or just seen as like a sexual person, mm-hmm. not really seen as somebody, Oh, I want to have a relationship with them. Yeah. So being completely and, and totally devalued, um, as far as attraction was concerned, but I never, I just love, I still love black people. It was like something there for me Mm -hmm. where it's like, I know who that Naomi Campbell, ever since I saw Naomi Campbell as a child, I'm like, I want to be with Naomi Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) Really, literally like, that's who I want. We have the same birthday. That's who I'm going to be with. Like, that's what I like. The darker you are, that's what I like. So 
I don't know. It's it's not a high horse that I'm on. It's just my politic. And I think so many other people share that politic, but it's not exotified. It's not special yes. to like other black people or be attracted and to other men. We're people. thinking literally the same because I'm thinking of something so like mundane as going to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And if you go to a restaurant in a predominantly black neighborhood and there's a white server, there is excitement or uh, a room made for to for this person to like prosper um, yeah. as a white server. But a black server does everything wrong. Oh my God, it's coming so late. Even though they're saying sorry, it's not gonna it's not gonna be out for a little bit longer, or whatever. We we throwing them in the trash can. Mm-hmm. But a white server, oh it's okay. <laughs> it's fine, it's cool. We are infatuated with white people and Mm -hmm. we can't deny that because if we're talking about the image of beauty, we can't think that the image of beauty, um, uh, European beauty standards or white beauty standards are not working on us Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. or the ways that we are supposed to be with white people, how Mm -hmm. we've been trained to be with them, right? Inside of anti-blackness. It, like it's not working on us. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely working on us. Mm-hmm. And black people, a lot of times, are different with white people than they are with black people. Even if they didn't grow up with white people around yeah. them. So I. It's think, very true. That's yeah. very true. So I think that that has a lot to do with how you are in relationship with a white person as a black person. Um, what, mm-hmm. Talk about this black love shit. I don't be on the internet like this. So I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I've seen clips. Like with Megan, um, what's her name? Megan Good husband and nigga who claimed he from Oakland. I ain't never seen him in that oh in my life. My. Ebony always says me. that. Everybody who <laughs> says they're from Oakland, Ebony says I ain't never seen them. A day in my life. <laughs> um, talk about that. Like, also feel like there's some relationship between the absence when we talk about black love, just the absence of queer and trans people. Yes, and this desire to also have everybody be mixed yes yeah so there's a um the black love doc which is a show on own i believe own network um the creators of that show they talk about the importance of black love and they begin to define it in this clip and eb will link to it um and they're saying like black love also includes interracial like it include like if your partner is black or if your partner um is white that is also black love and i you know um, a partner that I was with while I was right to the words, the end of my marriage, you know, there was a black love conference happening in Texas or something. And I said, you know, I want to go with you. That person was black. And I want to go also with my ex-wife. And that partner was like, what? Then wife. They were your wife. Then, then yeah. wife. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, what did I say? I ex. said ex-wife. I know, but the, the, at that point, they was y'all was still together. Yes, my then mm-hmm. wife. Yes, was like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean you want to bring this white person to a black love space? Mm-hmm. Like, no way, no how. And I was like, <gasps> like my whole like that thought, you be like, how like my on black the internet spirit. Yes, in my, your DMs. Yes, my Ooh. spirit of blackness was like, wait, does that mean I'm not black? Does that mean <laughs> are you trying to say that I'm not black enough, or or what do you mean? Or just because I'm with a white person, that means I'm not black? No, it just means that you are don't have black love, and that's okay. Like, I think we have to talk about you are with a white person. You got interracial 
love, but you don't have black love. And I think if we, if you consider, and if you consider the historical ways that black people have been pulled apart in slavery, just because they were in relationship, families intentionally broken apart Mm -hmm. to then say the presence of a white person still means black love is so delusional. Run that back for people. Because when you hear people talk, Mm-hmm. about people not being allowed to be together what people will invoke in this country is miscegenation laws oh yeah they don't so they people always talk about miscegenation mm-hmm. laws um they never talk about how black people were not allowed to be in partnership with other black people yep. as well they were literally intentionally separated to continue the enforcement of slavery yes. right because they felt like two people together they could run they could create family they could take over they knew what the fuck they, they would doing. be loved Guess and what? valued. Guess what? Seen. Prisons do the same thing, right? Yes. So we're separating people so they don't have any Black power. People, yes. So they don't have any sort of mm-hmm. um, partnership together. So they'd be with white people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. you have to consider that the state has a lot of interest in how we love. So with considering that, you have to get that all of this shit is rooted in politics. Mm-hmm. It's rooted in a political nature of our survival. Survival, mm-hmm. I can't speak. Mm-hmm. So... I used to think that black love included white people as well. Mm -hmm. And then I realized there has to be a space and spaces where black people just exist without white people. There just has to be a celebration of those spaces as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. And of people who are just attracted. Yes. You can't fetishize me being attracted to Naomi. Nobody, nobody cares. Yeah. Which I'm fine with, but it's like, that is inside of, like you said, um, it wasn't time. I think it was National Geographic. I saw this graphic as well where they had pictures of people who look presumably like mixed with black and white. Mm-hmm. And they said in 2020 or 2032, soon, soon. like yeah, 2024, I'm like, yeah. my nigga, that, uh, we all going to be gone, niggas who dark skin look like me? Yes. It that's was just, like, it was pictures of blue-eyed, like racially ambiguous people and said, in 2024 or 2030 or whatever, this is the future. This is what everybody's going to look like. Yeah. So where does that leave us? And what does that say about black love? Yes. Yeah. It says it doesn't matter. Yeah. It says that it doesn't need to be a thing. Yeah. Right. It says that we're all going to look something other than black. Right. So people are not talking, but even in those images, there's not people in wheelchairs. They're not talking about this. Not talking about fat people. They're not not talking about trans people, gender queer people. No, Nope. which you can't see but it's it's as far as what people are pushing and hoping for the world to look like is everybody looks like what it used what they what they wanted it to look like yep. when they first came here yeah was white people yes when they first got here they yes. wanted them hey, to look like it's this. gonna go back to what we wanted yeah here we go that's what the yes. rhetoric is do you feel like some people who are in relationships do you feel like this sometimes i wonder is are black people who are in relationships who deal with white people are you in a relationship with them or for them black people yeah are you in a relationship with them or for them because you know what i hear a lot of white people say you know or that's you know some of my friends would be like who you know who might deal with a white person they'd be like Mm -hmm. well what if they just want to learn more Mm -hmm. about you know different cultures and he told me that you know, he just, he don't care. He he, he just want to learn more about 
my different viewpoints and perspectives and like he's excited that I'm black. And what do you say about that? I mean, that is a that's an excellent question. Is that a red flag or is it's that, a red should flag? You be I mean, excited? But so many people on the white people on the internet, if you're contesting with whiteness, will immediately use their black children as a way to absolve their racism. Mm-hmm. So did you have black children to now no longer allegedly be not racist? Mm-hmm. Like, or did you have black children because you love the person that you're with? Or do mm-hmm. you have no idea what you're doing whatsoever? Mm-hmm. It's all about you because mm-hmm. it's always, always been about, about white people. So for I can I think this question is is personal. Um, mm. I don't. I would love to hear people's various responses to this. I think for me, I was in a relationship for for something. It was mm. to validate my beauty, and it was to validate that she wasn't racist. Um, it was to validate that she was astute and cultural person, mm-hmm. which is something that that um, National Geographic thing is asserting is that once we're cultural and we're culturally competent, they call it global. global we are going to look like this, and this is what mm. it, this is what it looks it like look to black. be global, mm. right? This is what it looks like to be astute. So that is what she was hoping for. That's also the reason why any white person would do the Peace Corps. So that was also there for her. It's like, mm. look how cultural I am. Or travel. My wife is Any black. white person going mm. to Europe or any other mm. place and not going to, I don't know, fucking Tennessee. That is a, they're trying to like, oh, look at me. Look at, people always say that. Travel, travel, see the world, get a passport. You can travel and stay at your hotel the whole time. Mm. You can travel and go to five-star hotels the whole time. Speak English the whole way. So what do you mean by travel and now you're cultural? No. Right fuck that right um <laughs> so i think it had it was a relationship for not with we mm. weren't in partnership together we were it was so it was even for people on the internet like people mm. love seeing an interracial couple that was in the peace corps together that are lesbians people mm. love talking about having us as friends of because what it meant for them Oh, I have friend. I have a friend that's black, and they're dating a white person. And look how multicultural we are. Like, Can, or look how yeah. diverse this wedding is. Because mm-hmm. our wet, our wedding was, our wedding was, I guess, black and white. A lot of it was. It was predominantly white. Have a predominantly white wedding, Erica. I don't remember. <laughs> well, you weren't fully there. I wasn't fully there. Yeah, I was on lots and lots of chemo. But I have to look at the pictures. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Do you feel like? there will ever be a time where black people won't want to be in relationships with white people, no. romantic ones. No. That that will forever and ever be a thing. That will forever and ever be a thing. So say if we ever got to this like pie in the sky, imaginative, fictive, let's say it's fictive for now, but if liberation was to somehow come or a revolution or some shit was to happen tomorrow, it would include people being in relationships sexually, romantically with white people. Does liberation mean the end of classism? Because this conversation has a lot to do with class as well. Because how you grew up is different than how I grew up. Mm. You growing up mostly, I guess, lower class or poor, Mm -hmm. and me growing up middle to upper class, Mm -hmm. my proximity to white people was greater than what yours was. Mm -hmm. So the acceptance or the agreement, working class, Mm -hmm. the agreement, I don't know that I could, we were working class, but it was like under the The, assumption that we weren't. Right, that's what I mean, we were working class. Oh, working Mm -hmm. class. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Working class and... (laughs) <laughs> which one babe it's working class work. I mean it's just, see that's another thing how these lines yeah. are stratified but niggas are money yeah 
<laughs> but your, your family worked three jobs in order to become right middle but, to upper right but my and what that uh, allowed me was this proximity to whiteness mm-hmm. um and that having proximity to whiteness meant that you were wealthy mm-hmm. meant that you could have things meant that you could travel meant that you were pretty or you were um wealthy and stuff and opportunities um and i feel like in working class communities like your proximity is to black people and other non-black people of color but if you can reach it but if you can leave it if you can get with somebody like in the bay area if a black person can be with an asian person right that is now creating some type yes of, or some type of class then yes but then in the bay area everybody kind of want to be black kind of at least when i was growing up wanted to be hood, yes not no more yes um but that was a thing because that was the predominant culture in east oakland especially yes. deep east oakland is blackness yes in the entire city of oakland but especially in deep east oakland so if a black a white person or a non-black plc was with a black person that meant your hood now and that right. gives you credit yes and, you but know, and, and i would and standard. i would love to see the rates of black people who are with white people mm-hmm. how they grew up mm-hmm. like what was their class standing when they mm-hmm. were growing up mm-hmm. and what class are they a part of um later in life as mm-hmm. well if they got with a white person later in life because that has a lot to mm-hmm. do with that mm-hmm. who are you in prox- clo- close proximity to um and how did you get there like yes. what i always just think that it means something yeah it's not that you just happen to be around hella white people or Maybe you live in Iowa or something and it's mostly white people, so you gotta be around them. That's understandable. Yes. But if you have options to be around black people, but you choose to date and be around primarily white people, I do think that suggests and implies something more than that you just love the person, which I'm not knocking. You know, I feel like people get upset when at any time people are critical of interracial relationships but mm-hmm. people are so critical or when black people are together yes you know what i mean oh they ghetto or oh they yes. this and that yes. or, oh they don't exist or we're not going to talk about them the black uh, love. how they work or how to, they get money or... to, to this day i don't even see that or also the lack of fertility options or fertility yep. information and how expensive and cost prohibitive it is for yep. black queer and trans people like yeah they ain't not trying to see us be in no type of relationship so it's like yeah criticism is is almost not even there yeah you know but there are criticisms of how black people are with each other and families yeah in the lights of yes. oh you whooping your kids and you're doing this yep. thing to your children yeah you know y'all need to stop doing this who's the that. baby daddy are but, they in their life exactly mm-hmm. but the first time you say anything about a black person being with a white person you inevitably have a mixed person a product of that union or some yes. sort yeah being like we it was great Mm-hmm. you know sometimes sometimes but not sometimes a lot not. but sometimes not but a lot uh, of the people who are uh grew up in a mixed family that we know do not like their white true, family I, I, yeah well, I have, or I have had a lot of problems with their white family i mean i have friends who are black and white and they are they identify as black they don't they, they never yes. have to ask me am i black yeah like They've never once done that. They've never had a thought or a question in their mind. They got whole white mothers. And, you know, it's not that they have any ire towards their white parent or white family. It's just that I'm black. And I know yep. that white people be on that shit. And this is the world. And this is the condition that they have. And I'm not exempt from that condition. And I'm yep. not exempt from being fetishized, even in my own family. Yep. That's something that still remains. Yep. Um, and I think it's a... I, I'm of the opinion that... It, I, I think we... It's so much happening that love won't heal. And I'm like, maybe 
black people get to be however way they want to be. You mm-hmm. want to fucking be with white people, be with white people, but it just seems protect like, your spirit. That's what I would say. It's like be with whoever you want to be with, but just protect your spirit. Um, don't step over things. And if be things are being why. more, mm-hmm. it's like more laborious to be with this person. Then maybe don't be more laborious in the sense that they just are not seeing all of you then don't be with it. Even with, I mean, if I were to go and be with Kanye West, I would be in hell. Yes. Like, so. Oh, yeah, just don't be with somebody yes. just to be with them. Don't be they, with a black person that is is really interested in whiteness either. Like, yes. there has to be a conversation in that where black people will be 100% interested in um, adopting some sort of white rhetoric and that's not well, that's that's, that's how, not gonna that's not any different that's not and, and i do i just feel like before white supremacy is the the law of the land here and it, it pervades and erodes people's relationships and yes. people's ability to relate to one another in a friendship in a romantic relationship in a familiar relationship and a mixed fa- like all of that is gonna be at play so there's no way that people can be with black people without a, an inherent desire to take from us, to own some yes. part of us, yes. but then not certain other parts off. Yes. Or to have some type of sexual hyper, some type of sexual thought or even a desexualized thought, oh my, you know, about their own partners. Like, yes. you know, it, it, it is. And if you're white and you have a black partner and you're listening to this and you're like, I've just always thought of you as a, you know, you, and I just love you. That's terrifying. Yes. Like, cause if you have not like, and this is us not to quote, this is us, but that was a banging ass episode when a little black kid told his white dad, like he was like, the white dad was like, well, I just see you. I, I don't see black. I don't see the color. And he was like, then you don't see me. Like right. you cannot do the little sideways. I don't see color comments. That's not going to fly. And a lot of black and white relationships will exist off of that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like unless you as a black person are anti-black, can you stay with a white person that says stuff like that? Yes. Um, and you are participating in it with like, yep, I just see him for him. Nope. <laughs> or it's like, you know, I want to learn new perspectives and new life. You can read it. You can go on a trip to learn a new perspective. Yeah. You don't have to fuck on nobody to do that. So I think it's really important that people check themselves. But it's also even with me, I have to check my desire, even though I'm only attracted to black people, I have to check my desirability politic too. Mm-hmm. Am I only attracted to thin or thin adjacent or yes. thick, slim? Thin? Am I only attracted to able body people? I yes, have do to you be, like my small butt, only, babe? I like your slim small butt. I like it a lot. I, you said it's big and now you're it's saying big. it's small. It's big. You're you tricked me. To me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's true. Like, I, I have to examine, like, you know, do I, even with, you know, other, you know, queer and trans people, like, are you attracted to the trans person, trans masculine person with the top surgery? Yeah. You know, the light skin one, the one who looks super cisgender passing, mm-hmm. unclockable. You what know? is their hair like? Are you attracted their- to the people with the big froze, with the nice, nice soft curl? What is it? 2C, 3C, 4C? You don't you- want the 5C and the 6C and the, the, the no C because it's just all kink. Yeah. Like, you don't want any of that. You don't want mm-hmm. it. You don't want So I, I think my thing is, 
people must be honest that their relationships with other people are going to be informed by the racial dynamics of this country. Yes. And y'all motherfuckers need to stop acting like it's not yes. and getting mad at other people for clocking y'all yep. on being around a whole bunch of white people all the time. Yep. Or dating a whole bunch of white people and people being like, what's that? Especially black cis men back on them niggas. Like mm-hmm. y'all be loving y'all some white people. Yep. And light skinned people. And mass not people that they're too. white, but oh, not even yes. just mass people, period. Not can yes. speak for mass people coming be loving some light-skinned people. The queer community loves light skin. Oh, oh, love it. It is awesome. And a black and a white person that is black fishing. Oh, lordy. And back in my day, we called that wigger. Oh my god, I hate that word. We're signing off because I hate Are that. Are we w- signing off? Yes. Well, tell people what are some tips for being with. Oh, that's oh, good. Also, I, yeah. So tips. Some tips. Yes. <laughs> with being in. Some tips. Some tips. I don't, yeah. I would say, you know, take care. Like I said, take care of your spirit. Um, If you are in love with with a white person. um, Or two or three or five. (laughs) You are not wrong for that. I'm not making you wrong, but I think it's important to ask the white person, why are you with me? Or like, why did you find me attractive? Because white people are not conditioned in this country to be with black people. They just aren't. Um, That's not the way that we... That's not, it's not racialized in that way. It's just not. Um, and I think it's important to talk about that. Like white people are conditioned to be with other white people. So it's important for their desires to be put under a microscope, not yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I think consider where they're coming from. Also get really interested in their politic. Um, if you are raising children with this person or children may be on the way, what does their politic look like? How are they going to be with black kids? Um, or are the kids black? Do you relate to the kids as black? How are you going to raise these children that come from Two identities. You have to be responsible for that. Um, you cannot pretend that race does not exist because that is a horrible existence in a racist ass country. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very confusing it's a as a kid. It's a gaslight. Yeah, so mm-hmm. one way as a kid, it's very it's upsetting to not mm-hmm. have somebody validate you for you as a racialized person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, as well, like check your family, white people in relationships with black people. It is your job to check your racist family. It is not the job of the black person sitting at the dinner table. You must talk to them. You must talk to them while that black person is sitting right there. Like, don't just do all of this behind closed doors. Knock it, you know, nip it in the bud immediately and make sure that your black partner is not harmed at all. <laughs> and I think that a lot of times they are put into the crossfire um, and there is a um, a desire for them to speak up and not actually, you know, checking in to be like, you know what, I got this. Like, this is my family. I'm going to address them. The biggest tip here is to recognize and honor the inherent power dynamics in your relationship. Yeah. Like it is there to stay. It's not going anywhere until we abolish racism. So from this point on, you have to deal with that. Like, and if it's weird for you to listen to your black, your white partner tell you what to do around the house or, you know, in your life period, you got to check them on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to tell them that doesn't feel good. And if you're a white person listening to this, it's important that you be mindful of how you are, you know, suggesting what you want done. It's something as simple as housework. Like it all is 
racialized. I think to not know anything about American history, to not know that American history is black history, yeah. to not have that be at the forefront of your mind in a way that is not fetishizing is a huge issue and a problem. Yes. I don't think that makes for a powerful union. I'm no Steve Harvey. I'm no, you know, relationship expert. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> but, you know, I just don't feel... I just feel like my thought is that I really hope that when people, well, white people particularly are with black people, it is not overstepped and overlooked. You are with them inside of what type of container that container is yes. a racist, anti-black, incredibly anti-black world global yes. based on global anti-blackness, the black person body who you sleep yes. with every night as a site of production for something. Oof. Now, not to now, I'm not going to tell you how to think about that or if that should be the forefront of your brain, but you got to think what do be at the forefront of your brain? What yes. are you actively resisting? And also, I feel like so much conversations around race have to teach white people how to be normal. It's yes. all about how to do this, yes. what to do, how to do. When you meet so much so that when you meet a white person who not weird, you be like, damn, you are so normal. Like you can have a normal conversation. Yes. You're not, you, you can be in a racialized state and still know how to comport yourself around many different types of people. Yeah. That's rare to come by in a white person. Yeah. So much so that I really remark upon it when I meet people sometimes in my head. I don't give white people too many cookies because they run too far. When away. you meet people in your head? No, when I meet people in oh. my head, I'm remarking upon a normalcy. Oh. White people are just the last tip that I will say is if there is a black function, black only function, a party, a cookout, a cookout a, you know, it, it's just, fry. it's made, it's made, it was literally created for just black people. A conversation at a conference, an affinity group. You as a white person cannot go. Just because you have fucked a black person does not now mean that you are black. You cannot enter those spaces. It is important that black people have spaces that are just for us. And black people, stop bringing your white and non-black people of color, par friends, partners to mm. these spaces. Because mm. it is a literal, um, it just says that you don't care about uh, about our the spaces that we have, which are far and few in between. So please do not do that. As somebody who tried to do that, learn from me. It is important that we have spaces where we could talk and be free without the gaze of white people or non-black people of color. Also, I want black people to consider what a world would look like if we were all just dating black people. This country. Is that not valid? Why? To consider. Why are we considering that? That's I not a point. Know. You just want to keep talking. No, no, for real. I'm being <laughs> honest. Don't say that. Don't <laughs> this say is at that. 145. We're done. Okay, look. But I like that. What Let's would imagine. you say to people who say, oh my God, you're going at me? <laughs> <gasps> I used to follow you. I've been an avid supporter of you for a long time. And <laughs> I just, you know, this is so divisive. What would what would you say to them, Erica? And and can you speak from the sex educator expert yes. perspective, and also from the perspective of somebody who was in a relationship with the white person? Yes. What would you say to those black and white who would love to continue to invite their partner to the fish fryer, would to continue to like to be invited to it? What would you say to them if they say, "This is so divisive"? Okay, it can be divisive. Be stay at home. 
I say stay your ass. No, not just about staying at home. What? It's not about just in general. This whole conversation. Oh, black people. Uh huh. That anybody. Oh, this conversation. Anybody is would say, oh, this is divisive. Find a new argument. That argument is played out. Divisive in what way? Not divisive like I don't know colonization, slavery, the prison industrial complex, um, the uh, the gender binary, fucking Amazon. All of those things are divisive. Mm-hmm. Not this podcast. Not this conversation. This mm-hmm. conversation invites a, a space for black people to be free inside of their whatever relationship they want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and for white people to no longer harm black people in any relationship, whether it be friendship as well, because I have mm-hmm. been harmed in friendships with white people in these similar ways, right? So it's important that we stop, you know, cutting off conversations mm-hmm. about race saying it's divisive and actually engage in the conversation so something can actually shift. Because saying that it's divisive literally just ends the conversation because there's mm-hmm. nowhere to go from there. Like, what do you, okay, it's divide. So what? Now you're changing the subject. Nah, I'm talking about black people in relationships with white people because it's important that we talk about that because it happens often. And oftentimes black people are literally in pain and to the point of silenced where they don't talk about it, where they're like, oh, well, you know, I should just be here with them because they love me and that's it. And it's fine. And, you know, I don't need to tell them anything because they love me and they, you know, they've been my friend for so long. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. It's always time to engage and engage your white friends, your white partner, uh, your white neighbor mm-hmm. and how they are being. The ones downstairs. Divisive. Yes. <laughs> now, that's the last point I'm going to make. That's the last point Bang. I'm going to make. This is for all the black people who are not attracted to white people who don't think, you know, Scarlett Johansson and um, <laughs> what's her name, uh, Sil- Celicia Silverstone and all the rest of them. For those of us that, or Jeff Goldblum, for those of us who don't find the motherfuckers attractive, it's completely normalized. It is special for black people to love one another. Yes, it is. In every way. Yes. And, and that does not just mean romantic and sexual. It's important for black people to love black people. And it's important that in the year 20 or the year 3022, that black people still look like black people. Yes. Still, <laughs> which, you know, looks a myriad of different ways, but yes. that we are we are still here and we are still represented and that black queer and trans relationships especially are available in the year 30, 22. Yes. And I'd like you to speculate on mm-hmm. why black love in all of its iterations is revolutionary. Because if you don't get that, like I didn't get that, then it's time for you to start paying more attention. You should go follow King Folk Collective. If you already don't. Um, she was saying she has a huge um, Facebook platform um is a black film and she was talking about how hard people go for interracial couples but they not going hard over seeing disabled people being in relationships together Mm -hmm. they're not going hard for two poor people being together Mm -hmm. that is not something that people necessarily care about it's always to see Mm -hmm. a white person be with a black person Mm -hmm. love is love as we already know, and I don't think we mentioned that doesn't really apply to black people. That's not no, what they're talking about. No, it doesn't. They're not saying that. No, it doesn't. They're if a black if a black person was like, oh, like this Lena Waif quote, <laughs> black right. person is like, it's not just black influences. What if I just said it's not it's not white influences? They'd be like, well, love is love. You should have white influence. All right. of, all movies are great. Like you should watch, but this is said, and yeah. it's like, okay. 
That's fine. Right. That's a fine thing to print. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No contesting yeah. that. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. That's my thing. So y'all have to, that's pretty self-explanatory. And then you'll see, even with uh, Mark Lamont Hill posted about some, he played for the Clippers, but yeah. he's, he's a black cis man basketball player. He not very well known. I think his name is Patrick Ross or something. I'll have a link in that so y'all could get a get get hit to that. But he was pretty much saying uh, comparing black women to bulldogs mm-hmm. and saying that because he is with a white person. Um, one thing about black people who are with white people, it's not that you could just. It's not that he could just be with a white person mm-hmm. and have leave it at that. Black women got to be bulldogs in order for his love to be valid. That's yeah. something I don't understand. Um, this love, but this is, is sad, but this is it, it, it's so funny because people who are say violent things, they're never original. Never. Like <laughs> how many black cis men have said black women are bulldogs? Like how many? You. It's like I mean, it's, it's you, late. y'all gotta you it's gotta. Break, it's like people we talk about a lot, like breaking ancestral chains and mm-hmm. breaking like ancestral trauma, not chains, mm-hmm. but bla- breaking ancestral trauma. That is an ancestral trauma. Yeah. Like that has been passed down in that fool's family so mm-hmm. many times that his father probably said it to him. Mm-hmm. It's such bull. It's so disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that is just it's just ridiculous. And that is that is the reason why a lot of black cis men have partners that are not black. Because they relate yep. to black cis women like they are bulldogs, aggressive, mm-hmm. loud, assertive. All the things that are necessary in we'll, a human being, but then he you t- don't want it. And then he said, love is love. <laughs> a black cis woman was like, why are you down in black women? He was like, he was like, so so I, I need to be with you now? A bulldog? And it was like, love is love. Oh, no, it's not. This is things that a podcast, you can't do. It's nothing I can do with Sorry this is so long. But not really, because it's just excellent. You know, throughout the course of this, we'll be talking more. We'll we'll really get into the the fact of the matter, but it it will give out tips and shit for people during the holidays to be with your white partners. But at the same time, like I said today, if you need tips, you don't need to be in a relationship. If you yeah. need a tip in order to be with this person, you don't need to be in a relationship. Are you playing the cello or are you in love? You know, it's right. it's just it's just it's just crazy. And another thing I want to add yeah. is that I had a thought when I was downstairs in the kitchen. What's that? And I was like, you know how you were talking about um how you'll talk about cuz this will come before it. How you were talking about um miscegenation laws and the barriers especially during slavery of black people being together and even during the reconstruction period different laws to bar black people from being in relationships to mm-hmm. each other you know i thought about what people say about voting you know if your vote didn't matter then why would they try so hard to take it from you yeah it's the same thing if your love didn't matter why would they try so hard to take it from you <laughs> maybe that'll help people be less upset about what love though black love it's like voting <laughs> but it's stupid well, they saying why if you, our ancestors died for it. Yeah, they did. According all of them, yeah, all bull. of them died. The same ancestors who were calling black cis women bulldogs. bulldogs. I was actually thinking about this today. Is that mm-hmm. this idea that all ancestors were it's great mm-hmm. and they never said anything anti-black? They never harbored any anti-black sentiments. They never. They all wanted to date black women. It yep. was just all this a wonderful experience. Yep. <laughs> And we're here for all of them. No, some of them are assholes, and we need to not carry them forward in 2020. No, we don't. <laughs> and another, that's my last thought before we really get into oh meat and potatoes Lord. of this, 
is that we are white interracial relationships with white people, all interracial interracial relationships. The assumption is that a white person will be present because like I was reading, it's a, um, I don't know if I could find it for y'all. Cause I literally went to black market vintage and I picked it up off the shelves and it called me. It was an essay that I read. Shout out to black market vintage. Shout out to black market vintage. Come check them out. Um, on Marcus Garvey. Um, I don't know that if address. you're in New York, if you or are in online. New York or, or check them out, blackmarketventures.com. Um, but I found a book as an essay by Toni Morrison called playing in the dark blackness and or whiteness in the American literary imagination or something like that. But she talks about white people being unraced and race free, mm. you know, how white people, the assumption is that when you read something, the characters is white. The audience is white. Yeah. You know, they get to exist in a, an imaginative dream realm space mm-hmm. in a way that black people are shut out in other from, or even when we do exist in that space, we are existing as a other, as a thing, as something bad, something different. Yes. Um, rather than just the norm or the default. And I think a lot of times so where this good. love is love thing comes from is that, white people get to be purple black yellow red and blue yes that's who it is we found the purple black, the blue yellow when we i'm black, the, the green purple, yellow green and blue people we those you get that's when you talk about white people yes they get to be race free unraced not racialized where when you are with them everything is just culture we, uncultured we, they get to be both we are in love and we just chose each other and we mm-hmm. found each other and it is so not about race. And that is when it's just a preference. And it's just the deep primitive throes of attraction <laughs> is when you're with a white person. Yeah. But when you with a black person, what, how is that characterized in the context of interracial relationships? Cultured, amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not. Wait, when you are with a black, a black person. person with a black person. No, a black person with a white person. It is characterized for them. It means because nothing. Were, it adds to who they are. It means nothing to a black person. Right. It gives nothing to a black person. That black cis man is still, when he walks outside of his house, he is still a target by the police, whether a white woman is in his house or not. It doesn't matter. But if she walks out and they're holding arms, it's like, oh, wow, look. <laughs> to some people, some people don't be fucking with that. What you mean? Some white people don't like, inter- I think a lot of, one thing I want to mention too oh. is that a lot of, this ire people these false notions that black people have problems with interracial relationships white people have problems with interracial relationships totally. who made the mis- misogyny right miscegenation mis- mis- why is that so hard to say word. interracial relationship law <laughs> it was white people it was white people and again they made the law but we are the people that harbor the sentiments i just i, don't, I can't it doesn't make sense so enjoy hey, on my timeline all i want to see is my woman half naked turning down with platform niggas who want it you can keep your disaster they've been draining my data all the friction and fickleness only making me color i'd rather have a hard on and a hard heart put the pussy on the chain wax salad cart while i ignore the world's problems like an oligarch Free love in this bitch like it's behind bars. Shake, 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 shake like a...